Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDown.com on the SB Nation Network. At least for now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Joining me, joining me, as always, is the Commissioner Jude Seymour and the Chief Inspector Brendan McElinden. Fellas, I went to McDonald's today for some breakfast food. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I had three people apologize to me in there. And the line was so long, I went inside. And so I go up to the kiosk and I'm like, you know what? That steak, egg, and cheese bagel sounds fucking choice right now. I'm going to get that. Mm. And then I kind of had like a a, uh, uh, a an unsigned contract with myself to stop drinking so many fucking energy, drink, energy drinks. Because I was up to like six Red Bulls a day. Oh, wow. So I'm just going to quick, quick cold turkey. But so I was going to grab a coffee. And so I'm, I'm on that kiosk thing in there, or, you know, just going to order up like a, just a black coffee. But before I scrolled past it by accident and I'll, all of a sudden I saw just magically in the mist pumpkin spice latte. I'm like, you know what? I want that. You so I ordered that. Thing, up. You've been calling people basic and you've got this basic bitch voice. And now you have become that which you have mocked. I have. It just—I saw it there, and it just sounded good. It's like it's football season. I'm thinking pumpkins. Like, yep, I ordered it. So I ordered it up, and then what do you know? Someone comes out and is like, "Hey, man, um, we don't have the pumpkin spice lattes." He, I'm like, he's like, "I don't, I don't know what to do." I was like, "Oh, that's that's fine, man. Just, just make it a caramel or something like that. It's no big deal." Had another person come out and apologize and explain that. They're not sure why that was in the kiosk. They don't go on sale until whatever fucking date. Uh, and I'm like, yeah, dude, it's it's fine. Had a third person come out. Do a, really? And I'm thinking, wow. Are people rioting if they do not get their pumpkin spice latte? Yes. Yeah. When they want that, are they fucking rioting for it? There's a lot of there's a lot like, of women dressed up as Han Solo, very angry <laughs> that they cannot get their pumpkin spice lattes. I, I I want to know which McDonald's this morning uh, got death threats because uh, they couldn't get their pumpkin spice latte that was on the menu. I'd like to know uh, which one. Like two, maybe two, a mega mat. Probably to to paraphrase or to quote Gary Oldman in the professional, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of them. If you promise pumpkin spice latte, it's a great movie. And that shit's not on the menu. Forget it. Natalie I mean, Portman. I, Natalie Portman is age appropriate for me, and the professional started it all. So then we ran with the uh, beautiful yeah. girls, and the rest, as they say, is history. Man, I couldn't have been any more nonchalant about not giving a shit that they didn't have it, and I three people sh- came out. Here's here's what happened, and this is why they kept coming out, is because the first person went back and they're like, you're not going to believe this, but this dude ordered a pumpkin spice latte and he didn't give a shit when we said we didn't have it. And they're like, what? Somebody didn't give a shit that we didn't have the pumpkin spice? And the next person came out and they were like, I got to see this. I got to see this. And they're like, holy shit, you won't believe it. This dude doesn't give a fuck that we don't you're have the pumpkin spice. Fired. And the dude in the back's like, no, fuck that, bro. I'm going out and checking it myself. <laughs> Well, the third one was a uh, uh, was a, a lady, and her stepson was on my little league team, 
and so and she wanted to explain it one more time and i'm like that's cool she's like oh she's like you don't want to get your pumpkin spice latte and go <laughs> post it on facebook and instagram all of them were just and i'm like no like, no I'm, I'm, totally, I'm totally good does mcdonald's have a slack channel for all their employees <laughs> that they're on just like that's what i was wondering oh i know the i will say that might have been the best steak egg and cheese bagel that i've ever had really on top of it all it hit the spot dog it fucking slapped it it was i mean i mean i've had plenty of them before but everything about it was absolutely perfect absolutely slapped i could have been more pleased it's fantastic well, welcome to the college football season. <laughs> yeah, was a, this, is, this is a long time. Uh, two out of the last four pods. Uh, a lot of McDonald's breakfast talk. Yeah, I got to I got to ask my friend to come back and listen to the podcast because uh, there's some more <laughs> McDonald's talk that she might have missed. Just uh, just can't stop. Won't stop. Well, can't stop. Won't stop. You know what else is crazy? No. Jason Adam Malola. He's insane. <laughs> God bless him. I mean. We were talking I mean, before we recorded. Is, like, are we going to hear from him again? This is an all-time quote. I mean, I'm ready to run through read a wall. It. Ready? You ready? Yeah. Read it. Oh, this, is the, this, is even the, this is even the one he got in trouble for today, right? Or I don't even know if he got in trouble. The the crazy whatever motherfucker quote. This is a great football player once told me, if you don't have a little bit of crazy, you can't play this position. I keep telling the guys he's going to be good because he's a little bit different than this guy. That's why I always tell myself, if you don't got it, you better fake it. You better step across the line and you better act crazy and intimidate the dude in front of you. It's just that mindset that nobody can touch you or beat you, whether it's two on one or one on one. Close the doors, turn off the lights, put the ball in the fucking parking lot. No, he didn't say fucking, but put the ball in the parking lot, on the field, in the shopping center. It doesn't matter. Go to war. Like, I want to slap what, that sign right there. I want to slap that did sign. You, uh, Go to war. Have you guys ever. Listen, have you guys ever once, once in his entire, in Jason Abbeyola's entire career, noticed any amount of crazy going on down the defensive line? Like, he's a good player. Like, there's a spotlights on him because he is a good football player. We've seen plenty of um, him. I think, but I, usually, when there's a, usually when there's a fucking nutso on the line, you know it. And so this kind of, it almost shocks me in a way. All this oh, no. because I it's mean, like I, like I never like got this vibe. These all dudes got dog in them, right? Like Kurt Heinisch with the eye black, um, you know, Foskey. Like I felt like they were, they were definitely giving off that uh, Stefan Tuit sort of vibe to me. But this is just this. We're cranking it up, man. I mean, we they, are. They were just, buttoned up for a while. I, I just I, I gotta be. I, so, I, I just don't see this team getting blown out in the shoe. I'm just sorry. I don't see well, it. So, and, and, and of course, if you, quote, if you we don't want to skip the preeminent quote, though, that this yeah. all is based off, right? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. He said, we feel like we are the strongest, most badass motherfuckers in the country. Let's fucking go. And you need that from Let's your D-tackle. Let's fucking go. To be ex- if you're, if, to be, this, this game is going to be a game of trenches if Notre Dame is going to win. And the guy who's going to be holding down the middle of the line to have that mentality going into it. I just going into a hostile environment. If you're going to be crazy, that's how you're going to, you got to be crazy, right? Absolutely. And you know, these are the kind of guys that shock the world, right? 
these are the, this is the kind of mentality that you come in and people are like, I, I, we, we talked at length about Ohio State if they could just put together a defense, how they would be unbeatable. And it's tonight, it's Notre Dame's defense that's showing up. I just, I, I can't believe this is a real coming out party, I'm, Brett. You know, right? Like, I never would have yeah. guessed this would have happened. Yeah, exactly. You know what? Those guys know. Those guys know what the spread is. They're not dumb. They know the disrespect. No, Mark, Marcus Freeman playing playing dumb was about. I, I was going to write a story con- about that. Was that was the least convincing thing Marcus Freeman did all day. Exactly. Like that, 17 like, and a half. Oh, I'm going to write that. 17 and a half. Oh, I'm going to write that down. Nah, Marcus, you didn't write that down. That's already written down. Dude, you get no, text been, messages uh, when the when the line changes 0.5 points. I know it. You're not dumb. <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. my question to you is do you think that. Marcus Freeman has turned this defense into an intelligent, hardworking, nasty defense. <laughs> Are we allowed to bring that word back? Yeah. Can we bring nasty back? Can we still can we still say I, nasty? Like all I know is nine and three is not good enough. I'm sorry, guys. Nine because and three that's is not good that's that's what's you part of being. Are? That's a part of being a winning football team. I mean, you know what Brian Kelly is doing can, can, down down in Baton Rouge, not being able to pick a fucking quarterback. That's six and six shit right there. That's seven and nine bullshit. Hey, when you see Chris Tyree, you go, man, whoosh. <laughs> whoosh. Meanwhile. Uh, well, fellas, it is. Mark Lee's uh, coming back from Hawaii and cheeseburgers. <laughs> Busting out all the old classics. Yeah, I know. He's I know. It's like. It's like it's written down on a notepad oh, somewhere. Yeah, oh, well, no, we've, we've burned them in our hearts. That's the problem. We've etched them forever into our souls. I'll be on my dead bed. My death bed I'll, I'll be like, nine and three ain't good enough. But I, what I should start doing that, is Grandpa? start, start betting It starts uh, betting people, not with money, but with tattoos. And <laughs> if I lose, I have to, I have to put a selected uh, mantra or quote from an old coach. Like, Nine and three isn't good enough, or or whoosh, or or traits, or whatever the fuck. Uh, but the worst RKG. would be if, no. The worst would be would be if you made me put that fucking Lou Holtz quote on that I just can't take <laughs> anymore. No, if the you're worst in there, would be you if, uh, you had to get tattooed, uh, fired Notre Dame head coach book titles. On your chest, oh, wow. each quadrant of your chest. No excuses, that would, right that would be left, No excuses. Right or, or, it's on my right now. <laughs> <laughs> or I can get what was the uh, the Joe Theismann quote on the piss yellow uh, the shirt about bottling up the spirit and light up the world or whatever. Right. Have to get that tattooed on your back. Get some cheesy shit. Just Josh is rolling into the nursing home, and for years, most of his adult life, he has openly mocked Notre Dame's the shirt. And here he is in the nursing home, 85 years old, and his chest resembles the shirt with all these cheesy ass fucking quotes tattooed all over. Hey, hey, hey Grandpa, what is what does meaning of victory mean? Well, let's see. Uh, 2002, there's a coach named Tyrone Willingham. He started up real high. Well, what what was the air quote? Right or rise against ourselves or rise above. What is rise, rise and strike? And strike? Rise. Not rise and strike. It was like rise above, rise above ourselves. Yeah. Oh my god. 
That, uh, yeah, my, if I w- wasn't dead, my wife would kill me <laughs> flat out. Uh, it is game rats. week, y'all. Game Brendan, do you good. have, do you have power? Are you speaking yeah, to man. us? The rock handle. I, uh, I not only survived uh, the, the power outages that went through Michigan yesterday, but I survived being on an Ohio State podcast. They seem very – dude, they didn't even laugh at your Michigan jokes, which makes me wonder, are they really Ohio State fans? I put some bur- – I didn't even get to my best because I didn't have burner uh, – I didn't have power. So I had all my notes written down before the show, so I went into that pod completely off the cuff. Um, I had some Don Brown doesn't know how to cover slants jokes in there. I had all kinds of Michigan jokes that sort of like butter him up before I started like, but then at the end when they're like, Hey, where can we find you? And I was like, Oh no. Oh no. I don't want, I don't want Ohio state fans to find me. Don't find me. No, don't do that. I've seen, I've been watching Greg's, uh, Greg did a, uh, keys for offense and defense today on, on uh, YouTube with ISD. And I'm looking at his comments and the Ohio state fans have found him. And they're just like, look at this kid. Look at this kid thinks, you know, shit. And it's like the man's like in his early forties with children. He's not a child. What, what, what are you doing? Hillbilly chilling. I like how like on the, uh, in the Twitter space that I did today, uh, cause you know, I've been warning people for months about going down to the horseshoe and watching out. And I was talking about that and someone's on there. Like I, he was so happy that I was telling people about this. He's like, I have seen that. <laughs> I've seen that happen. <laughs> so be careful. Don't let them know where you live. <sighs> All right. Well, let's get to some real things. So let's talk. I mean, Let's whip out the depth chart, boys. Yeah, that drop. That? Yeah, let's see it. That did drop. And so, there's intrigue on there. There is intrigue. Not huge surprises, but like little things that, that make. So first off, you know, they go three deep at tight end, right? And Sherwood yeah. Davis is our boy with his fullback heart. is listed as the third tight end behind Mayer and Bauman. And running back, I think they went th- they went three deep too, with which was obvious because of estimating digs. But nowhere else. Like I was kind of surprised not to see Merriweather listed as uh, as a receiver there. I mean, did that surprise you guys at all, or is that just like, hey, there oh. there there's the uh, there's the Jordan Johnson fall camp that we all all know and love? No, because they only went too too deep on it. Um, I guess I don't know. Do you, do you have a big surprise from the depth chart? Is there anything before I? Uh, I don't. I don't have one. I mean, obviously the omission of Merriweather is. Uh, I'm not particularly concerned. It's game. It's game one. They'll they'll figure it out. They they they're gonna have. He's gonna be on the depth chart by game. What 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 yeah, week I mean, is you what week was USC last year? Seven. Yeah, I don't think it. Is. I mean, it's the last game this year, but. I guess I'm not concerned. I just was a little surprised that he wasn't on there sure. given a, the lack of bodies there and B the amount of good things coming out about Merriweather um, and C there's no more Brian Kelly to like make things feel weird. <clears throat> so I was a little, was a little surprised by it. I won't not shocked that I don't not mad about it. I'm just think that it was to me. It just surprised me a little bit. 
Um, I, there's something that one, kind of stood out to one me. One position that. Yeah, yeah. Are you gonna get to? Are you gonna get to the position? Because there's one that stood uh, out to me. As the emperor, I'll allow. Uh, I'll allow you to speak. Um, I, I guess. I guess the thing I'm interested in is. Um, Who's who's your favorite starting field corner and who's your favorite backup boundary corner? Do you do you have a favorite do you have a favorite field corner and a favorite backup boundary corner? Because it's, it's one the person. same guy. It's Cam Hart. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, it just means if Bracey's playing corner, Hart moves to the boundary. And it, I mean, it essentially, because because Bracey's the nickel, so their situ like of the three guys, I kind of picture Clarence getting the least amount of snaps of the three. Is that kind of what you're reading into it? Not exactly. Huh. So, I mean, do you do do you feel like there's going to be more Tariq Bracey or Clarence Lewis in this game, based off of the depth chart being what the depth chart is? Uh, well, I mean, if we're go- if we're in nickel, all three of them are going to be out there. Oh yeah, all three. But then if if Notre Dame's not in nickel, um, Clarence Lewis and Clam and Cam Hart are oars, and Cam Hart and Tariq Bracy are oars. And Freeman right. said that they're going to be playing. You know what? What was it? What was the number? It was something ridiculous, like eight. So I got, I just think of. No, I, I think they were talking about five, maybe eight DBs, but five, yeah, eight DBs, but five, yeah, eight DBs, five corners. Yeah, uh, because you got to throw in uh, DJ Houston uh, Mickey there and too, Joseph. and Ben Mertz. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I think. Look, I've had a positive attitude about Clarence Lewis, um, even if I'm spelling his name wrong consistently. Uh, what trips you up? What part? I'm consistent about it. <laughs> Is it the Lewis part? Oh, I, I, <laughs> just go no, with the, just go the, with an old standby. Yeah. Just call him CL Lewis. First two initials and then last name. That, I mean, he wrote a he wrote a hell of a uh, of a children's series. Um, I guess that's CS Lewis. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I got some positive vibes about Lewis. As far as the most snaps, though, I don't know. Maybe it would be, maybe it will end up being Bracy between the two. But, but uh, that's definitely one we're gonna have to watch unravel. I mean, people are gonna go. People are absolutely gonna go in and think that Lewis is gonna get housed right off the jump. So I am behind him 100 percent because there's nothing better than than some clapback. Now watch him have a good game, like say like seven tackles. Uh, a couple passes defended, you know, just you can throw the tackles out game. the window. Cause he led the team in tackles against uh, Oklahoma right. State. But, but listen, you know, does a good job in coverage, you know, like nothing like crazy, right? Yeah. We, we lose. He'll still be one of the first people that fucking, that people will point to uh, as the problem in the secondary. So, and, and I kind of laugh, I, I laughed it off the tackles part, but um, I mean, JSN, his, his forte is, once he has the ball in his hand, he's very difficult to tackle. So if Clarence Lewis gives up that pass, c- tackling him is is not a bad uh, is not a bad consolation for what Ohio State is wanting to do in that situation. So and yeah, I kinda, you're, and I kind of think they're going to move underneath 
they're gonna have Ohio State's gonna have to move underneath quite a bit because I think Notre Dame's gonna cover yeah. the the top quite. Yep. I mean, that's I think that's gonna be the priority running game and and keeping things in front of them over the top. behind them. Kind of a better Clarkley that Clarkley yeah, defense, so, right? So you're gonna have to tackle. Yeah, you're gonna have to tackle, which means like Houston Griffiths shouldn't see the field very often. Unless he's directing traffic on where to get tackled. I mean, unless unless he has made a 180 turnaround in physical play and, you know, not shying away from contact and make it, making any type of play while he's in the vicinity. Because he always seems to be around, but never making a play. And I'm not trying to drag – not really trying to drag anybody uh, this week. Uh, all positive vibes, but – I that is a if I see number three walk out there on the defense of the second secondary I'm gonna be a little worried. Other than that, is there anything um, of, of so note? Let's do that. Staying in the secondary, I just want to toot my horn a little bit. Yeah, the floor is yours. This is yours, to, right? You are the official. Circles, yeah, in some circles was back. Yeah, I just I. And I, I said that in our uh, in our DMs, like it just never made any sense that it wasn't going to be to me. It just seemed to me, it seemed obvious that it should be Joseph and Brown. I think the ceiling for Ramon Henderson is a lot higher than Brown, but having a having a guy in the back end that knows exactly where to be at all times against a team like like we're about to face uh, counts for a ton. Plus, DJ Brown's played really well. He's been completely underrated by the media and the fans that cover Notre Dame um, throughout the last couple of years for having to fill in for, you know, cripple Kyle, uh, who was, you know, always hurt in the last couple of years. Not Didn't PFF rank not as Kyle, the, not dragging Kyle through the mud there, Greg, put the lighter Didn't away. PFF rank DJ Brown is the highest rated uh, member of the Notre Dame defense when Kyle went down. Isn't that a thing? They did, but, but math is stupid. And math should be outlawed. Dumb. Math is dumb. Uh, well, no, math, math is, at the end of the yes. year is fine because math is great in hindsight. Math is not very good to uh, project out. I'm not a big fan of math projecting out, but I am a good – I am a pretty big fan of looking at math um, in reverse because math can explain why things happen. That, that's a great That's a great way to put it. That's an absolutely fabulous way to put it, to be honest with you. Because So most math is a lie. Yeah, when math is used as a predictor, uh, because math doesn't doesn't account for human and human the the human element, um, so it is it is erroneous and false. Uh, that's why people always beat computers in the movies. That's why Matthew Project won. Would you, would you like Would you like to play a game? Well, to win, you just don't play. Yeah. I think we've done that podcast before. Well, we've done that podcast. Yeah. You just don't play play the game. Yeah, we have. So what about, I mean, like it took what three weeks for anyone to really see uh, Blake groupie kick a field goal. And now all of a sudden we're, we're feeling all the good vibes because he's knocking these bad boys home and practice and practice. We're hearing about, so he takes over the the field goal kicking spot. Uh, I mean, they got a whole plan here. I mean, he got, Freshman uh, punter Bryce McPherson, who's doing the kickoffs. You got Harvard trans. You got, you got two transfers that are big dogs here. John Sott, I, he's a, he was a Harvard transfer, wasn't he? Harvard. Him, yeah, him, yes. and Smith. Yep, he, that's where he parked his car. 
I thought Sot was yeah. from Harvard. Harvard, yeah. yeah. Okay. Practice care. So, it's the whole and thing I just like to know, like Alex Peach, who who is a lot, who is the second string long snapper still, and is on scholarship still. Six star, my Alex friend. Peach. I want that game. I want that game plan. I have two sons of my own, sir. I'm a salute to you. Six star. Like, how much well, eligibility has he got left? This, this uh, has got to be three years. Three, four, year, four right? years, because he got the COVID year, too. So four years? Yeah, but Peach has been here since 19, hasn't he? Yeah, but he gets the free year, and he didn't play, so he gets a redshirt so year. Would be and he gets more the, years. Yeah. It'd be, it'd, be more, it'd be three more years after this. Yeah. yeah. Woo, buddy. We're going to have Mormons uh, as a long snapper in, no in a few years. That's fantastic. Him and Avery Davis. Uh, I did I did find... I did find it interesting that they listed three kick returners with no oars in there. So Chris Tyree, Chris Tyree, Lorenzo Styles, and Braden Lindsay. I kind of wonder why that, why they went deep on that and kept out the caveat of the oars. Oh, uh, like, because really Brian Mason is a madman, and they might very well. Turner? Brian Mason's a madman, and they might very well have three kick returners back there. Josh, they might have three guys back there ready to, to return. Fine. That's a lot of whoosh. That is that is a lot of whoosh. <laughs> That's a lot of whoosh. Uh, and I guess Dwight Yoakam uh, is back here <laughs> as our as our uh, battling out for kickoffs and uh, for the field goals. That's pretty dope. Oh, I'm sorry, Zach Yoakam, not not country legend Dwight Yoakam. I don't know the. The depth charts to me seemed pretty clear cut. The, the linebackers actually was a little bit. I mean, there was almost no mention of Lua foul throughout the camp outside of what's going on with them. Right. The, like it wasn't they were that easing him in. It was, most of it's yeah. been like, is he okay? Bring easing him along. So you got Ky- Kaiser Bertrand and Lua foul as your starters, although Bertrand and Bauer are, are both listed as oars and Bertrand and Bauer are both captains, uh, by the way, I don't think we, we've had a pod since, since the captain we have not. Uh, stuff came out. So that'd be interesting. Kaiser's uh, kind of playing that, uh, that cam Hart role where he's the starter at Rover and the backup at the will. Uh, and I think that has more to do with how the nickel packages shake out more than anything else. So, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, other than that, there's not... I would imagine uh, to be Kaiser and Lewifau out there as your nickel backs or as your nickel linebackers. That would make the most sense to me. You know, speed. Yeah, other than that... Uh, Jack Kaiser's got plenty of speed. Jack. Defensive touchdowns just appear out of the... Out of the Clear blue sky for Jack Kaiser. Right out of the ether. <clears throat> so, Josh, I, so I got that, a question. I got that depth chart out. Go ahead. Um, you know, with with the depth chart coming out, that's when everything started. When the depth chart dropped, everything started to feel real that the week was starting. Um, have you gotten that feeling in your stomach yet? Jude, have you gotten that feeling in your stomach yet? 
Yeah, I just I, I, everyone started to talk about it. It's it's now on the dominating the, the talk radio and the ESPN stuff, and so it's starting to feel like it, we've gone from theore- theoretical to um, you know it's time to actually get on the, the field and start settling what we think we know. And you know what? To be honest with you, watching a, ra- a bunch of random week zero games really helped with that too. Just sort of like, all right, th- this is the, uh, the sort of the appetizer, the uh, am- amaz bouche. Did I say that right? Uh, before amaz the, uh, bouche. Uh, yeah. yeah, before the uh, before the main course here. Do you have that nervous feeling though? Yeah. Do you guys have oh, like yeah. a, a Friday night Dude, I, ritual? I, I, I just like, I, I don't, and, I don't, and on I, top of I, I, I and on top of that, I don't want to hear shit from people feel, if we lose um, by like twenty eight points, you know. Yeah. Plus, I've lost a fair amount of money at that point. So. <laughs> so I'm talking about a Friday night. On Friday nights, you you have like a kind of like the night before kind of kind of thing going on. You know, to be honest with you, it's a, like, what do you it's like? A night, if it's a night, night game, I don't feel that way. Usually, it's it's Saturdays like a bunch of like watching just games, just trying to like distract myself from the feeling that the rising feeling, you know, but Friday night, unless it's a game, you know, like maybe at noon or, or uh, like a 1230 kick or a um, 230 kickoff or whatever. I don't, I don't typically, and by the two, their kickoffs are usually games that are so non-consequential. I don't get worked up about them. So no, I don't think to be honest with you, Friday night. And you're not a really, big, and you're not a big high school football uh, no, attendee. No. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not either. Um, this Friday, I think that one thing that I've liked that college you're going to be this year, Brendan. I, I am. <laughs> uh, but what one thing? One thing I do like about what college football has done, and I, I don't know if enough credence has been paid to it, but they have really turned the first weekend of college football into a spectacle because it is five straight days of college football. Thursday. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, that first full, that first weekend, the first full weekend is a full weekend. And I, I actually kind of love the evolution of what it is because on Thursday, I mean, backyard brawls coming back, um, Purdue Penn States really sexy. Oh, fuck yeah. That's, that's choice right there. The directional schools are getting involved up here in Michigan with on Friday, Eastern Michigan's got Eastern Kentucky. Sparty's playing Western Michigan, Michigan uh, Central. My uh, my school is playing uh, Oklahoma State in a rematch of that wild 2016 game uh, on that opening day. Uh, Illinois and Indiana's playing on Friday. And then Friday night, we get a little TCU Colorado for some Pac-12 art after dark ish uh, with, you know, Pack 12, hey, Big don't, 12 don't, don't discount Eastern Kentucky at Eastern Michigan. I said it. No, I said I, I said uh, the directional schools. I included Eastern Michigan and Eastern Kentucky. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're, yeah. yeah, they're on a Friday. They're on a Friday. Yeah, they're on Friday. Just I love that college football has made a full spectacle out of the entire opening week. And even though Sunday and yeah, Monday that, don't have ranked Colorado matchup, game at 10 is choice. Oh, that's really choice. And then Sunday, you know, we have the slate obviously yeah, on Saturday, but Sunday's got LSU and Florida State. And then Monday we get to take a peek at what Clemson looks like, and we get to see if if Georgia Tech finally um, 
lives up to the kind of expectation that we thought that the, that that sleeping giant could have. I, I just love what college football has done with this this first weekend of sports. And and I hope and well, I don't hope they are going to continue on with it. And I think that this is this is approaching close to like, you know, when college basketball starts up, how they have that. 24 hours of college basketball where there's a game on for 24 straight hours. This is one of those kind of spectacles where for five straight days we get college football bliss, and and I love it. Random aside, why does, why does Snoop Dogg keep getting invited to those uh, Midnight Madness type things? You know he's going to bring the strippers with the polls. Like, why are people acting like they're surprised by all this? Because they want him <laughs> to bring the strippers with the polls, and they talk about the Midnight Madness. Well, it's funny because then they're, <laughs> yeah. everyone's like, Oh they just want to say. They sort of say it out loud. Yeah. The, oh my God. Snoop Dogg did his usual performance, and he brought weed. What? Get out of here. <laughs> yeah. I think you got to be kidding me. Yeah. I. I will say that. Uh, I might have a tear in my eye when I see the uh, the backyard brawl come back on Thursday night. Oh, I know. Right. Like for real. Like that's. I mean, that, that that was truly one of the great rivalry games, more, one of the more underrated rivalry games in, in college football. Uh, and then, you know, then it got blown up. Uh, <laughs> if West Virginia could just have a little better academic record, uh, these things wouldn't happen. Uh, but bringing it back, it's not like uh, the Penn State pit thing that, that uh, you know, Penn State was running scared for so many years. You know, the no, both fan bases want hate. this badly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not even, it's an hour and a half drive, right. From, from Morgantown to, to, to Pitt. I mean, this is, this is the pinnacle of what college football rivalries is. It's when you're working in the same office or you're, (laughs) you're the guy who down the street from you, you know, roots for the opposite team of you. And it's that bragging rights for the rest of the year. I mean, this is this is what the, the regionality. It's a 13, nine game to keep you. Right, thirteen nine yeah, game. Pat, uh, listen to the radio. Yeah, today, and I had to listen to Pat Bostic. Pulled Pat Bostic out of mothballs <laughs> to talk about this game. And I was like, Pat Bostic, you know, the old Obi Wan Kenobi. I'm not shit. Well, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. <laughs> I couldn't believe that when you put that in the chat, man. Pat Bostic, like, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, this is great. Bring them all back. <laughs> it's like. It really is like rolling out Evan Sharpley <laughs> like yes. on the radio. <laughs> That's Where's Evan, Evan Sharpley, Sharpley to talk about the 2007 Navy game? <laughs> that's that's rude. That is rude. But funny. Tell me more oh about uh, tell me more about a halfback pitch. The game's on the line. Tell me more about a halfback pitch, Evan Sharpley. Uh, he didn't call the play. He didn't call the play. No, he didn't. He didn't, oh, he didn't have the decision. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a sexy start to the season. Uh, there's some uh, there's some landmine games in here. I mean, Penn State Purdue is definitely a landmine game. That I think that's gonna be interesting. I think that's a make um, or break game. I think that's a make or break game for uh, um for James Franklin. I think if James, I think if Penn State loses that game, James Franklin's on the hot seat. With the way that they've they've the last two years, the way the last two years have gone, I think if if Penn State loses to Purdue to open the season, I think James Franklin's on the hot seat. 
Yeah, right? that could well, be. Were they, did they lose the first um, I don't five know how... games to 2020? Didn't they go 0-5 to start oh, yeah, I, mean, I mean, it looks like the they weren't going to win a game. And then, Which would have been lovely. Last year, Penn State went, what, they were fourth in the Big Ten? They were 7-6. and six. I think you absolutely, if Penn State loses that football game after going 4-5 and five and then 7-6 and six, and you open up the season with a loss to Purdue, James Franklin, hot seat. Because you still got to yeah, play, I mean, play Michigan State you know, and you still got to play uh, Ohio State. The rest of your schedule, I mean, you're looking you're looking down the barrel of maybe like another four, five, six loss season. Right. If you open up with a loss to Purdue. And adversely, I mean, <clears throat> Purdue's a team that has, I don't want to say hype at all, but they do have they do have uh, bigger expectations this season. Aiden O'Connell, right? Um, or whatever. So, I mean, and, and, you know, if they can get if they can get this win and show they can get some things rolling, that's a program that's that's trying to claw its way into that, that top quarter of the conference, which they can do. I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, you, you want to be up in the same, you want to be up in the same air as Michigan state. Um, maybe a little bit of the same air as Wisconsin. Uh, I, I think they, you know, any program in the, in the conference really can do that with the exceptions of like, you know, Rutgers, um, yeah. probably yeah. IU. IU is probably going to have a, yeah. a really, really not which I use Illinois year. or Indiana. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> both. both. <laughs> but yeah, both, Penn yeah. State drops this game. I mean, they're um, going to Auburn, and they got uh, Northwestern. Who uh, there's, yeah, there's some sexy match. I mean, Saturday night, Georgia, 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 Oregon. That's hot. So, yeah. I don't know, man. It's you're you're absolutely right when it comes to. Uh, to the spectacle of it all. They got it. They got it in spades. And the fact that they've, they've drawn it out for the full five days has been a delightful development. The fact that we get five days of it, as opposed to just a Saturday. Now we get this because it started with the, the Thursday, Saturday, and then it went to Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then ESPN well, got get- the Sunday, Monday games. Well, for a long time, it was uh, Florida State Miami on that Labor Day game. Yeah, yeah. Which was, a, which when they were both when they were both good was a fun game, and then it became not as fun to watch. Yeah. I, and Notre Dame's been a a, a recent. <laughs> it, it became like breaking part three. Notre Dame has been a participant, and and I don't know about you guys, but I cannot stand being on that Sunday or Monday game. I hate it. Oh, I hate it. I hate it's it. absolute worst. Absolute dude, worst. Dude, does that bother the shit out of you? Yes, I hate it so much. Were you because... scared that they What's were going to do this to Notre Dame Ohio State? Were you scared that they were going to do that to Notre Dame Ohio State? Push us to In that Sunday or Monday on... slot because I was scared as fuck. Well, I, mean, I think we, it's an ACC we, thing. Or yeah, no. I, I guess I wasn't necessarily scared. I just I I have well, I went to the Texas. Notre Dame game in 2016, so I know about the Sunday night, and then the Monday with Florida State, that was just so painful watching all everybody else's team play, and it was yeah. fun, you know, fun to have a like like Brendan was just saying, it's fun to have a lot of football to watch, but your team's not on until Monday night, and it's just like it's just dread. 
and then you know they got off to the they got off to the pretty good start and then they, it was started imploding and I thought did I wait till Monday to watch this shit and it's just like ah anyways no I don't love it I hate it would would not love to do again would not recommend it. would not zero out of ten zero out of ten would not recommend. <laughs> <laughs> When's the next time Notre Dame uh, got one of these stupid games? Um, it's not next year. They have there's another. Zero. There's another Labor Day with like Virginia Tech. I want to say. I think right? you're right. Um, that's what I, I thought. I'm looking at. Quick. I'm looking at. We, FBS I said we get schedules. week zero next year, don't we? It's week zero next year. I'm looking at FBS schedules and I don't see it. Because um, Texas A&M's on a Saturday, and they don't have a Week One game yet for 2025, which I assume is going to be an ACC opponent. So you know what? I bet it's going to be Miami on fucking Sunday or Monday. I'd almost bet the house that it's going to be mo- at Miami Sunday or Monday. Looking at the 2025 schedule, yeah. I bet anybody 50 bucks it's going to be 2036. September 1st, I believe, is a uh, Labor Day. Yeah, but Jude, take a look at 2025. They got Texas yeah. A&M on 9:13. That's the earliest scheduled game. And I'm looking at the ACC opponents, and I look at Miami. Miami oh, and Miami. I oh, it's, Miami. Miami's away. Yeah, Boston College away, Pittsburgh away, North Carolina. Syracuse. They're gonna put oh. that Miami game on Sunday or Monday. I will bet Ugh. the house on that. And that's in Miami too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's funny and about that's that a, schedule yeah. so far is, and I know the, the lab people, but that, that schedule so far, the worst game is Navy, and I would love for them to put that on Peacock, but they will not. So. Uh, the, the Ireland game? Can you no, imagine? The, November 8, 2025 is the Navy game. Oh, the Navy game? Yeah, I, I would say. Like, can you imagine that they put the, the Navy game next year on Peacock? That would be hilarious. Oh, so good. So I would, I would taste all the tears. God, that would be funny. Appropriate. Belong together. What do you guys want to get into the actual game at hand here? Can we do a can we do a quick uh, NFL update before we get into the game? Yeah. Okay. Josh, I mean that's your call, man. Hey, I'm just here for the ride. We're here to talk about we're here to talk about Julian Love being named captain of New York. Yeah, well, that's what we're talking about, right? That 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 is definitely yeah we are in the rundown. So yeah, just let's start there. Julian Love was named captain um, for the, for the New York Giants in in a large part because of his contributions to special teams, where he is now a holder for field goals, right? Extra points and field goals. So it really should make him a six star. <laughs> Am I right, Brendan? Julian Love I mean, that's six out for me. NFL captain, guys. This is a captain. you are a, you are starting. You are a starting NFL uh, holder. You are a six-star holder. Gentlemen. Six this stars. Isn't this isn't nom. There are rules. Okay. He didn't meet the criteria. No, I, no, 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 I, no. Those are – I love he, Julian Love. No, no. That's only one person's rules. Those those are guys that literally set the rules. rules. Yes. That would be like, no, I don't – No, 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 no. Not for everybody. I don't set my rules. <laughs> I'm fucking independent. I'm a patriot. <laughs> You see, Your Honor, I, not, yeah. <laughs> I do not I, recognize not, you know, the sovereign government of the of the state of Ohio. I'm a sovereign citizen. I'm a sovereign <laughs> citizen. Just, uh, Josh is you, just his you know shirt's you sound off, like right now? and he's just pounding like, the table right now. You sound now. like one of those dudes that says, "As the IRS is dragging me away, I'm a sovereign citizen." 
This you're like one of those dudes that posts in all capital letters on Facebook. Pursuant to Civil Service Code two four zero dash three, I hereby do not authorize Mark Zuckerberg or any of his emissaries to use any of my likeness without per- express permission, and will be charging ten thousand per infringement. I'm a sovereign citizen. Okay. No, their 24-7's rules do not matter to me. Great. They're not, they're not my rules. I don't live in that world. Look, it wouldn't be a bit if I agreed with you, right? No, and that's what makes the bit so glorious, dude. Yes. All right. So anyways, can we can we continue on? Congratulations. Did you continue on, Gina. I'm sorry. Can, we can, just... Congratulations to Julian Love. Moving along. Uh, cut The Colts cut Jack Cohn uh, yesterday. Um, Kurt Heinrich is going to make the 53-man roster for the Texans. He was an undrafted free agent. Jonathan As he Jones, should. He had a great preseason. Jonathan Jones, last I checked, was playing for the Toronto Argonauts in the CFL. That's exciting. Uh, Kane Madden has been seen since, Kane Madden has been seen since a rookie minicamp for the New York Giants no, back in May. Uh, Isaiah Pryor is on the injured reserve for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, no decision yet on Myron Tangovalela Amosa, who's at the Las Vegas Raiders looking for a spot. Um, Dante Vaughn was waived by the Green Bay Packers, and he was on the injured reserve. That happened about four days ago. Yeah. Um, no Asmar Bilal news recently. Uh, Drew Roy, God forbid, tore his ACL in camp with the commanders, and they cut him uh, August 4th. Kyron Williams is going to make the L.A. Rams roster. Yeah. Javon McKinley was cut by the Steelers uh, two weeks ago. Uh, injury reserve with an injury settlement. Tommy Tremble's on the Carolina roster. Brock Rice on the Detroit roster. Liam Eikenberg's on the Miami roster. Aaron Banks is on the 49ers roster. Robert Hainsey is on the Tampa Bay roster, but he just got injured in his last preseason game. Tommy Kramer's on the Detroit roster. Dalen Hayes was cut and he today was, by and he was Dalen Hayes cut today to by the Baltimore Ra- Ravens. Do you mention any book? Hold on a second. All right, just waiting. Uh, you're burying the lead here. Age Ogundeji is on the Falcons. Nick McLeod was cut today by the Bills. Uh, Sean Crawford is signed with Varsity House uh, for a long-term contract. Uh, Alex Bars was waived by the Raiders, uh, but they believe he's going to come back to the practice squad. Dexter Williams released today by the Packers. I believe that is the third time that Dexter Williams has been waived by the Packers. That's so rough. They love to wave him. That's a lot of cheese, man. Yeah. You are still bearing the lead, Jude. Okay. Okay. The New Orleans Saints announced their roster reductions to number to 53 people and terminated the contracts of six individuals and waived the following 12 players. And Ian Book is at the top of the list. Ian Book got waived today. You're still bearing the lead. And okay. It, at, Go ahead. After a good preseason. Kevin Austin is the lead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's that's the biggest story out of all of them. Uh, I mean, for our world, yeah. I mean, is there any other world other than the Notre Dame world? Not, not, not right now, no. And yeah, I I tweeted it out. Like, I I never really questioned a kid's decision to go pro. Uh, because that's their choice in life. Yes. But it doesn't mean it's always the correct decision. And this obviously proved, I think, in a lot of ways, it wasn't the correct decision. Even if he would have transferred and went somewhere else, probably would have done him better 
you know, do that. But, you know, he, you know, he did this. And I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, this was his decision. He's got his degree. He wanted to move on. I get it. I understand it. Uh, but I doesn't mean that it wasn't the wrong decision. And if you're a Notre Dame fan who wants to win football games, you really wish he would have thought this one through just a little bit more uh, uh, and stuck around one more season because uh, another year of Kevin Austin uh, in South Bend would have been uh, music to our ears uh, and to the wide receiver room that lacks a lot of depth. I mean, look, I know we talked a lot about Kevin Austin, but the idea that they cut an undrafted free agent doesn't really, to be honest with you, that's not really that. I mean, Ian Book was a fourth round guy, right? That's the guy you spent draft capital on. But Ian Book ran out of eligibility. I think this is is sort of my my thought. Like. I don't, I don't know what you mean by that. What do you mean by running out of the eligibility? Well, Ian Book. Well, see, we're Ian talking Book about Kevin be Austin NFL. because he's a guy that could, that could still be here. He could still be on the Notre Dame roster. He could be he could be wide receiver one lining up, oh. you know, against Ohio State. Yeah, that's only that's if, why we're saying that's only one, Kevin Austin was interested in, the other. in doing school still, which we don't know he was, right? Or interested in bettering his draft stock as well, because there was no guarantees going into the draft I last mean, year. But we also know that you could you could do a graduate year at Notre Dame or a graduate semester, basically, without a whole lot of school. Drew Tranquil we showed us know that. that for a fact. Yeah. 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 So, no, but I will say this about Ian Book. I thought he had a, a fairly decent preseason with uh, with New Orleans from, from what I gather. Um, so I, I'm not shocked that they waived him. I mean, he wasn't going to start. Um, but, I mean, I got to – I'm pretty confident he'll catch on somewhere else. Um, not saying what else he'll do, but I mean, listen, there is a lovely country just to the north of the United States that plays the game of football. Mm-hmm. And for diminutive quarterbacks, it's been good to them. Just I mean, saying. And Devaris Daniels. I mean, Canada the is a CFL career. Doug Flutie, he's right? living a good life, man. He, I mean, yeah, Doug Flutie. I mean, it, this is, it's a good life. And I, I would highly recommend the CFL over hopping from, uh, one, uh, one NFL practice squad to the next, you know what I mean? Like get some, get build a yeah, life. I mean, this build, build Kevin awesome life thing somewhere is, and you can do that in, like, in Hamilton. This Kevin Austin thing to me is like Josh Adams. Which is like, you know, it's it has the same exact trajectory as Josh Adams, which means I fully expect Kevin Austin to show up in the practice squad when they start building practice yeah, squads yeah. in what twenty four to forty eight hours. So, so one of uh, uh what one guy that uh, that got cut early on, um, Garrett Crawl, uh, defensive end out of Wyoming, Hicksville native, um. Big, big news here, you know, in, in town here when he signed his undraft, when he went to, uh, was it UDFA with Miami? Uh, d- didn't make the cut, they cut him. And it was kind of like a wait and see thing. Like he came back home and his dad is my uh, insurance agent. So, you know, holler, talk to him a little bit about it. And it seemed like it was a pretty, pretty fucking messy ordeal when those things happen. Cause you are like totally up in the air and you have got to be ready to go 
anywhere at any time if you want to be in the league. And so wasn't quite sure what he was going to do. I ended up finding out he's now he's on the coaching staff of the of Hicksville's football team, apparently. But something interesting. I thought you guys would would, would want to uh, hear about this. So what's going on now is and maybe it's been going on for a while. Maybe I, I've just been blind to it. Uh, but a lot, talk to a few people just here in town. Um, what's going on with Garrett? Is, it, this is all like news to us that we didn't know this was going on. Uh, motor racing, NASCAR, IndyCar, those they are re- they are out there recruiting former college athletes, football players in particular, that didn't ma- that didn't make the cut in the NFL. You know, got cut, jumping from practice squad to practice squad because they want better athletes in the pit. Like they, I thought it was because recruiting guys racers keep getting concussions and they're like, well, college football players are used to it. So let's, uh, let's sign that up. <laughs> that, that could be too. So yeah. So now this guy's, you know, who, you know, Garrett had a great career at Wyoming, had a fantastic career at Wyoming. And he's a, it's a hell of a story coming from, you know, Hicksville, which is, you know, division six, small school in Ohio, getting a D one, getting a, going to a D one school is a big deal. And then even getting looked at the NFL, that's like, that's fucking huge. But just to see like a this like 90 degree turn career path, but staying in sports and like staying like at a premier level, uh, you know, motorsports, however you feel about it. I'm not a big racing guy at all, but I do think it's it's pretty, pretty funny how those things kind of kind of work out. But yeah, they're, they're out here recruiting guys and it's a big deal. Like Hendricks racing racing had like 20 guys down in Indianapolis, like meticulously going over these guys like the draft basically to start training these guys to be pit crew members. I just, I thought that was interesting and kind of fun. So, so what you're saying, Josh, is that you give you and Greg, give me endless shit in the, uh, the DMS about formula, any kind of formula one talk, no matter how, uh, little I, I, I drop in there. And now I've got to listen to this fucking Henry sports draft. Shit. I just want to talk about Ohio state. And now we're talking about race car driving. I, like I mean, we're, we're talking about way off topic. We're, we're talking about Hicksville. So we're on topic. 100%. Yeah, I mean, hot topic for you. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Let's get past the NFL. Fuck the NFL. Fuck the NFL. Let's, let's talk about why people are here. Fuck the NFL. Yeah. I feel like they, they're, they're, they're here for all this. NFL news. Yeah, they're, they care. All right. Ohio they're here for, the only reason we have listeners is so they hear something other than what uh, Samson is spitting out on the regular. <laughs> Alright. But sure, Notre Dame let's, is playing sure. Football. let's talk about the game, Brendan. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about the, the game. Because Notre Dame is playing a football game on Saturday night, and the full gauntlet of bullshit narratives is being spewed out from the likes of Paul Feinbaum. Um right on down to um you know Heather Dinich saying that that Notre Dame's just gonna be happy if they, they keep it a close game. Right. If, if Notre Dame could just just keep it to a one score game, then they'll just they'll just be really excited about it. And then, um, you know. Just the full everybody, the narrative coming out of it is just I just hope I just hope both teams have a good time. Notre Dame's not going to win this game, but I just hope it's a good it's a good game because I don't want to watch another Notre Dame blowout. And that's that's the entire narrative of this entire game leading into it. Um, Ohio state's narrative is this is just going to be like the Michigan state 
2021 game, right? 49 nothing at halftime. They're just uh, CJ Stroud is just throwing to wide open receivers, running, streaking down the sidelines. Everybody's high fiving and having a good time. Um, is this what you guys foresee happening on Saturday? Do you foresee this being a, a blowout laugher? Where um, Notre Dame should just be happy if they can keep it within a one score. Do you know how much money I've personally wagered on this game? What do you think the answer is? Of course not. I know what the answer is. Fucking go. It is rhetorical. Let's fucking go. Because this is game week for game one, Notre Dame's title run right now. Because if you beat Ohio State starting this season, there's absolutely no fucking reason why you can't run the gauntlet. Because you have a dynamic quarterback. Because you have running backs who are able to make differences in the game that that have separating skill sets with speed and power. You have an offensive line that's a return to form, and you have a coach that perhaps might be able to motivate his players to get them in a position to not come off of the bus looking down at their shoes. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, Mr. CEO. I'm just here so I don't get fined. You have a defense that has players and dogs at all three levels. So, yeah, I think we should get fucking pumped about playing Ohio State this week. What say you? How's that table? Could have a crack in it. But, man, I am, <laughs> I am absolutely stoked for this. I mean, here's the thing about game one for me. Is that that level of stokeness, I honestly only get to, like, once the season has started. Like there, the, the long draw from spring to now just beats the ever living shit out of me. Where now I say this, recording a podcast on a Tuesday night. Come Thursday night, Friday morning, it will be a much different answer. But I mean, I'm ready to go. I I want to fucking see what this version of Notre Dame football is. I want to see Tyler Buckner. Like, I, I want to see defied expectations, not just not just in the in the eyes of of the, you know, the, the outside media and other college football fans, but our own fans. Like, I want some defied expectations. I want the things that I think are true to be true, mostly so I can say I was right, but also because that would be awesome. So. I mean, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Um but it's just, God damn, the fucking hall has been so long. It's almost like it's anticlimactic right now. Like Friday night, I'm going to be fucking running through a wall. But I'm ready to go. I mean, let's well, I need the you, season I need, going. Josh, I let's need see. you for the sake of the pod to be running through a wall right now. Because it's not Friday night. It's <laughs> Tuesday night. And I need you running through a wall right now. Because people are tuning in on Wednesday morning. I mean, and they need they need you. They need they need Friday Josh right now. They do. They do. They do. They need they need some fire. So so tell me. Yeah, I'm why like, Notre. So, so just <laughs> tell me tell me why Notre Dame can win this football game. Lather yourself up. I think they can win because they're because they're fucking tougher. I think we're a fucking tougher football team. I don't want to fucking hear about about any of this bullshit about about the super offense and day being a play caller football does still come down to a lot of times who goes out there and beats the fucking shit out of the guy across from you. And Michigan proved that against Ohio state last year. They're fucking soft. 
This is a fucking soft fucking football team. I don't give a fuck what Holly Rose said about the defensive line. I mean, she was eating watermelon and dying of heat stroke while she was doing it. Who gives a shit what she fucking said? I mean, it just, I think that our guys are hungry, ready to eat, ready to fucking knock dicks in the dirt. And I'm here for it. I think that needs to be the game. You need to go in as the aggressor and be the fucking, the bully, man. You, you know, our corners, say what you will about Clarence Lewis, but you know what he's not? He's not a third string running back. Sure is. You know? Uh, not so, third string quarterback either, which is a guy opposite. <laughs> we got that going for us. It's just, I, I, believe, I believe Ohio State is a really fucking good football team. Really good football team. Do I think that they are a national championship team? I do not. I've seen national championship football teams, and they are not it. That doesn't. I'm not putting Notre Dame in that category either at this moment. But you can't have a defense that leaks like a fucking sieve that gets run over and consider yourself championship worthy. I know it's points to win titles now for sure, but you have to be able to stop teams and you have to be able to show that you can be physical enough to stop some of these teams that are going to slow your shit down. And Ohio State, that's that's the weakness right now, right? At least that's the perceived weakness that they have right now. So fucking go get them. Someone asked me today in the spaces, like, what's the first play you run? And I'm like, a screen. What fucking else would you run? Because they're going to be geeked up on that side, ready to fucking go. And they're, they're, if they want to put eight in the box, too, I mean, I keep, I keep it. I think Samson just like people just echo Samson's thoughts so much. And the guy's wrong as much as anybody else. I mean, it's, I mean, if Ohio state wants to put eight in a fucking box, good luck to him. There's still a ton of speed and talent at our wide receiver. Just because we're not running 12 deep at our wide receiver room. Doesn't mean that the frontline guys aren't out there to kick, to kill our pass catchers, which you have to include besides wide receivers. Michael Mayer. Includes Michael Mayer at tight end. Includes Chris, Chris Tyree. Tyree receiving the ball in the backfield. That is fucking dangerous. Throw in Braden Lindsay, Lorenzo Styles. I mean, there is speed to go out there. So yeah, please go ahead, put eight in the fucking box. We've seen that. We've seen that shit before on the inverse. <laughs> you know, we've we've seen what goes down there. So, you know, first first games of defensive coordinators. I. I was making this point earlier today. Look, Notre Dame had a good, good defense last year. Marcus Freeman, brand new defensive coordinator. Who scored the most points against Notre Dame last season? Florida State. Florida State. What game? What game of the year was that? I believe it was first. That was our game uh, number one. It's a perfect. Yeah, it's a perfect example of what can happen in game one. I don't care who your new coordinator is. Things don't things don't always go as planned in game one. In fact, more time more more likely than not, they don't go well as planned. And look, that can go for the same for Notre Dame. Al Golden on our on that side. You're going up against a pretty explosive offense. Who, by the way, nobody's talking about Travion Henderson not nearly enough. But because his offensive line is shit, maybe they should. And then but you got their offensive line who people are saying is Got some All-Americans, or... I don't Singular. see it. I, I, I don't see it. No. Yeah, All-American. <laughs> Not American. So, yeah, you, I'm, a, I'm in the club of go out there and beat the fuck... Be, just be physical as all hell. I mean, be dicks. B 
be absolute dicks out there. Be be the Miami of the fucking of the late eighties. I mean, honestly. Or, Villain. I mean, if that's sacrilege if that's sacrilege for some of you out there, then be the Notre Dame of the late eighties, I guess, as far as attitude goes. Well, Jude, Josh is Josh is fired up. He's got me running through a wall. Can you get me to run through a wall? Tell me about this yeah. game. I mean, like I think it's pretty simple, right? Which is that at times like this, this is where this is where champions um, start their narratives, right? They start their narratives in a hostile environment against a team that comes in, uh, I would say, overhyped, and for you know relative to them, and and they're certainly underhyped. And everyone says they've got questions about Notre Dame. I've got questions about Ohio State, right? And so I don't think it's I don't think it's necessarily doom and gloom or worst case scenario. I've heard a lot of great things about um, what's going on with camp, what's going on in camp from all facets. I'm psyched as hell after reading Jason Adamolola's uh, comments today about the defense. I think the defense is is going to be a force to be reckoned with in like a in a very 2012 vibe sort of way. And if they need to, you know, pick up the offense. Then I think it's I think it's possible that the defense starts doing some things and creating some magic so that the offense can, um, you know, can find their groove too. So, I, you know, I I've said on this podcast that I think that they're going to lose this game, but at the same time, I I fully do I fully expect them to be compete competitive in this game. I will be very surprised if they just get shell shocked and it looks they are unprepared for this game because. I think I think that they match up pretty well uh, against Ohio State, and I think they're going to give Ohio State a lot of trouble. Look, Ohio State's got dudes; they got real dudes. They got really talented dudes that are going to be great in the NFL, but they don't got them everywhere. And so, at some point, you got to try to run the ball. And uh, I like I like Notre Dame there. So, and look, this is this is Tyler Buckner's coming out party. This is it right here. You want to start building. Um, the next great quarterback story, it starts at this, with this game right here. And so I'm, I'm hyped. I'm ready to go. And I just, I assume the best until I've, I'm shown otherwise. Fuck yeah, man. That's what I'm saying is going into this game, <laughs> we need to be absolutely hyped and we need to be in a mindset. I mean, just because we're, we are stewards of, Notre Dame football on the social media. So we need to be out there. I mean, there's these asshole Ohio state fans up in everyone's mentions right now being dicks and who's fighting back against them. I mean, isn't that, isn't that what we're supposed to do? We're supposed to stem the tide of these assholes who are out there and we need to get people fired up and we need to get Notre Dame fans just in general hyped and ready to go for this fucking game. Cause that's our job right now. Because it's it's game one against Ohio State, and I mean, sure, Ohio State has three Heisman contenders, right? C.J. Stroud, um, uh, Travion Henderson, and J.S.N. I mean, that's three Heisman contenders. But they're also breaking in um, two new guards. Uh, both of their guards are brand new, and their left tackle has never played the position before in, in college football. Uh, they have a brand new offensive or uh, offensive line coach. That could be a problem when you're breaking in three new players on your offensive line, huh? Um, in game one, you know, we've, we've talked about 
Jim Knowles um, coming in here and like Jim Knowles had the fourth ranked defense last year and the defense at Oklahoma state was phenomenal, but that was the first time that any defense in the history of Jim Knowles ranked in the top 40. Right. Because his first year there in, in Oklahoma, the first year he was there, they actually regressed and they were the 112th ranked. Um, so it was the first year that Jim Knowles had this super prolific defense and he's being hyped up as this, I don't know, guru and a system that took four years in order to get to the point that it was at it, at Oklahoma State. I ex- they expect to have it at Ohio State ready to go game one against an offense that you're not quite sure what to prepare for. If, if I was if I was an Ohio State fan, I would be incredibly concerned by the Jim Knowles comments that I've been seeing. He's either like he's either doing this possum attack thing, or he's he's sort of trying to signal to you that there's they haven't had enough time to do all the things that he wants to do, and that could be. I mean, it only takes a couple plays of miscommunication, and it's fourteen points, right? Yeah, I mean, they had um, right. uh, what's his name. Um, not uh yeah zach uh it was um zach harrison he was he was on or no jack sawyer they had a uh, jack sawyer out and he was like you know we got 70 percent of the playbook ready to go um and that was you know a week ago so i, I mean if you have 70 percent of the of the playbook ready to go that means that you have 70 percent of the first half playbook ready to go and then whatever notre dame wants to do in the first half any adjustments that they make how what is the ability? And that's what got Marcus sort of caught up with Florida state was second half adjustments. The defense wasn't quite ready to make those second half adjustments and Florida state was able to, to get some things going in the second half. So even if Notre Dame gets down, as long as it's not too big, and some poor ass tackling and some poor ass tackling. <laughs> yeah. Poor ass tackling. Um, but I mean, that was sort of a staple of Ohio state last year too. Um, with some poor tackling, and I'm I'm pretty excited to have uh, Lorenzo Siles to reintroduce himself to Tanner McAllister, uh, who was the who's the nickelback, the starting nickelback for Ohio State, who was the uh, the guy that um, saw a lot of the back of Lorenzo Styles last year in the bowl game. Uh, so there there's a lot to like. Um, you know, about Notre Dame in this spot. I also think that Notre Dame is playing with all the pressure on them. They have the pressure of the world. They're the number two ranked team. They have national title aspirations. They're the 17 and 17 now point favorite uh, going into this game. And Notre Dame's playing with all of the chips on their shoulders. They have all of the motivation. It's not a, a, a conference game, so Ohio State can look at it and go, we can lose to Notre Dame. It's not a big deal. We can still run our conference and win it. Um, there's a lot more for Notre Dame to play for in this game and motivation, motivation for uh, Marcus Freeman in his first game, sour taste from the bowl game. Um, yeah, man, there's, there's, there's too much to like. I mean, the funny part right now is that Ohio State fans are absolutely – finding anything they possibly can to be butthurt about Marcus Freeman. Oh, the disrespect. Oh, the disrespect. He was, he was pretty robotic in his response about returning to a house stadium, um, you know, this week. And they took that as a fucking, as a, as a shot across the bow. Did they want him to lay laurels at the grave? Did they want him to like, 
And it's like, I think, I think that's what they expect. Yeah. I mean, and he could be more complimentary of, you know, Jim Trestle and, and all that. Um, I just, I, <laughs> I'm like, it feels like Alabama in a sense that like, what was it? The, Oh, when Brandon Walker from uh, barstool, uh, went off about, he just what he wanted more five-star guys to, you know, to go elsewhere other than fucking Alabama. It's just too fucking boring for him for all these great players to go to Alabama and Bama fans, rather than taking that as a compliment that it is took that as like fucking cry about it. Like insulted. Like you're just making shit up like Dabo swinging, make shit up to, to try to put chips on your shoulder. It's like chill. You first know, like, world no, I, these are people, these are like first world problems, like, right? Like there are real things to like get angry about that people say and, <laughs> about you, but to get like worked up about nonsense. And that is, that is what sets it up for such a perfect fall is to get worked up over fucking absolutely nothing and then get fucking hacked down. And like, are you really going to get, the, you know, did you really want to get that upset? <laughs> is that really what you want to do? Because, well, the, the the problem is, is they feel it. There's no juice for the Ohio State side. There's no chips, uh, you know, to, to borrow. So th- this was something that the reason why Mark D'Antonio owned Michigan for so many years is because he seemed to have like a chip factory where there was just always a chip to put on the shoulders of his players. They're like, look at the disrespect that they're giving you. I mean, look at the way that, that and that like even though Michigan State was pulling in three star talent. They were beating four-star Michigan teams because Mark D'Antonio would just – and Mark D'Antonio is from that Trussell uh, school, same as kind of Freeman is, um, where it's just you use the disrespect and you're like, nobody respects you. And you get your players into this lather, and that's kind of what we saw from Adam Iola, where it's like nobody is respecting you, and then it it turns your team into this like – I don't know. It gets them into this lather, this like this rage. And by the time it's kickoff, they're frothing mm, in the lather. And yeah. And they're just, they're just ready to just, just kill uh, the opposing team. And, and just that disrespect card, I think. And, and Freeman had it when he was like, Oh, 17 and a half, huh? Oh, okay. Let me write that down. I'll bring it up in the team meeting. Um, it, it all feeds into <laughs> the same narrative where Ohio state's there, like Rocky and Rocky three, just like in club in, in Notre Dame's Clubber Lane in that first fight, where Clubber Lane's hungry for it and just waiting for it, and and Ohio State's there is Clubber Lane, and they're just they're just getting set up to get to get knocked down. They're they're doing joke fights against uh, uh, what is it Thunderlips? <laughs> uh, that Cl- was the- Cl- Clubber won the the fight in Rocky One. Just just for the record. No, Clubber did win because Notre Dame's Clubber Lane, and oh, Ohio State is, the is Rocky heavy favorite going in over, over uh, yeah, it's Rocky in the result. Heavy. Uh, Rocky was very confident in the result. He was Ohio See, State. I, I'm not, I can't get I can't get down with this Rocky analogy. I, this I mean, is, this is, to, is we have to reserve we, we have we, to reserve all Rocky analogies for Rocky Four. That is it. Oh, how about Rocky Two? We are we are we are Rocky and. Uh, I say to Zyvon Drago. It's the only way to do it. 
We're not going to bring worked, back up the rematch. <laughs> Listen, Josh, we're not going to bring up the rematch between Rocky and Clubber Lane next year in 2024. We are talking exclusively about the first match between Rocky <laughs> and Clubber Lane in Rocky Three when Apollo needed to run Rocky's ass on the beach. We're, we're not going to talk about Ohio State I, running on the beach next in 2020 or 2023. All right, we're, we're not going to talk. Know. I mean, you know, Ohio State's red. Uh, the way the way that they uh, they pipe athletes in, uh, Ryan Day asking for money. I, I mean, has, who has seen Ryan Day's wife? Does she is she a six foot two blonde with short hair? Because I wouldn't be shocked at this point. Uh, she looks like she's shorter than him, but he she is blonde. Short short blonde hair. The pictures I'm looking at, she has long blonde hair. Well, like they took that picture. They took that picture before she above became the, a socialist. Above the navel, below the breasts. That length. Interesting. I don't know what you call that length. I just think the Rocky Four analogy is, works better because it works every time. You're a huge underdog going on the road. You know. Clubber uh, Lane was Christmas, huge, but Clubber, here's Christmas, the thing. Which the first Saturday so, of week one really Clubber is. Lane was a huge underdog. So I, I just realized I'm, I was confusing Apollo with Clubber. So you were talking Rocky three. I was talking I'm Rocky. talking Rocky three. I'm saying in Rocky right, three, gotcha. Rocky is dismissive of Clubber Lane. And he's just doing these joke fights and not preparing for it. And yes. Clubber Lane is on the grind to get to fight Rocky. And they ask Clubber Lane what the prediction for the fight is. And he says pain. pain. And then he goes out and he beats the shit out of Rocky. And then at the end of Rocky three, Rocky trains with Apollo to, to fight him again, which would be the 2023 season. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying Apollo no. Creed before Apollo Creed trains Rocky. I'm saying that Clubber Lane is the disrespected oh. one that Rocky doesn't even pay attention to. And Rocky's gotcha. the champion. Okay, now I'm following. Utah, Utah is Apollo Creed, and this is Rocky Four. All right, you know what I'm saying? Wait, what? We we just they just killed Apollo. Apollo. Dies in Rocky Four. Yeah, Utah just died in the Rose Bowl. (laughs) Now it's on to this. Now it's on to this. You put you get a box on a holiday, which the first Saturday of college football is Labor Day weekend. Which coach from Ohio State? It's a red team. The damn towel. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> might have been Whittingham. <laughs> He's like, what, look over at DC. Like, what do you mean my third string running backs playing corner? Um, yeah, this, this, this is a Rocky Four analogy. Just, yeah, it's 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 totally it. Before we get off the Rockies, can we actually quickly rank the Rocky? Have you seen all the Rocky movies? Can we quickly rank them? Uh, we we stop at Rocky Four, right? We don't. We don't acknowledge. We're not that. talking about Tommy Gunn. Okay. No. And we're not so, talking about or the, Balboa the, or Balboa or Apollo. Or okay. That shit. Am I allowed to mention Creed? Because I think Creed's the second best. No, because it's not the second no, best. No, it's not. Okay. It's not, I go. It, I go. Here's here's. Feel free to disagree with me, but I go Rocky two, Creed, Rocky, Rocky Balboa, Rocky three, Rocky four, Rocky five. Oh my god. Oh my god. Rocky have, you seen, have you seen Rocky Four recently? It is awful. 
But the Shut message your goddamn mouth. the music is great. Shut your goddamn mouth. It is a beautiful film. Beautiful. Huh. And it's got perfect. It plays you. I am not going to. I'm not going to argue with you, Joshua. All I have as a counterpoint is is to ask you: When was the last time you sat down and watched Rocky IV? Give me an honest answer. 2002. About two months. About two months ago. Really? About two. But yeah, it was in June. Yeah. Sat down and watched the whole thing. I you think watched, I was a junior in high school. You watched with the robot and everything, and you didn't think to yourself, the this is cringy? Really bad. The robot's oh, bad. so bad. His no, so dude. Bad I, I don't I – don't, when I view – when I watch Rocky Four, I literally take it back to when I was like, what, 12 years old when the movie came out or 13 or whatever. And it just transport myself – Back then, right, so you got nostalgia. You got nostalgia. All right, I go Rocky one, Rocky three, Rocky Ugh. four, Rocky two. Ugh. Oh no, Rocky two is wonderful. Rocky I just think like that the, the story film. of I it's, think the story of it's Rocky four two. It's one. four two one three. It's four two one three. It's four two one three. Three is so good though. You just don't four have enough appreciation for four is number one is indefensible. I'm sorry, that I get number one. I guarantee you. That's I guarantee long. you, if we ask, if we're just ranking one through four, I guarantee you, I'm going to put the Twitter poll up right now. Perfect. Perfect. One yeah. is the best. I guarantee, I guarantee That's you. That's the only that one that was nominated for an Academy Award, by the way. I get it. I guarantee it's, you. The it's a solid three-star film. film. What, three one? One is a three out of five film. Two, two for me is a four out of five film. See, I think I flip flop, and I think three is good because I think that three has the most interesting. Uh, I think that they have the most comical and interesting uh, characters that have the the longest stay uh, with Mr. T and um, Rocky. And I think I like the fact when Rocky loses, it's good, um, and the fact that he loses in three is is great, and the fact he loses in one is great. Any love for Creed? I, I liked Creed a lot. I thought it was good too, but I'm not going to get behind um, an old man uh, not dying in a boxing ring. Okay. I did. I did enjoy the uh, the speech. As cheesy as it is, I do enjoy the speech that Rocky gave his son about uh, being a quitter. Having having sons myself, and one in particular who didn't, you know, had some t- things that he did not want to do. I had a pull that uh, I basically had to steal that speech a couple of times, and it works. It fucking works. Very cheesy, but it works. And but if you're Italian, like we are, it's really not as cheesy. It's actually more on fucking point than you'd imagine. All right, I got the. All right, I just sent the poll out. We'll Good. see. We'll see the people sign with me. That it is four. It's going to be four in a landslide. Uh, it has 100% of the vote so far, I've just got to say. So. Well, that's because you voted. <laughs> <laughs> Shut Not up, so fast, my friend. <laughs> Shut up, Brendan. <laughs> As we pull out the burger account. Not so fast, my friend. Josh has got two votes. <laughs> this is unfair. No, this is I, unjust. You can't vote. You can't, you can't vote on your own poll. 62% of the vote right now for four. 
It's a landslide. I, I don't even understand what this reply is. Four goaded with the sauce? I, I don't even understand what that means. Oh, I understand that completely. Okay. Can you explain it to me? Because I don't speak that language. Four goaded with the sauce? Like, that's the greatest of all time. Like, duh. What with, with the sauce mean? What sauce? It's the extra sauce, Jude. sauce, Jude. With that drip. With that drip. Listen, anything with if, sauce, Jude, is extra. If, if four wins, you guys are just you guys. If four wins, you all need to watch four again because four is four is. It's got the dumb robot. Absolutely, absolutely a product of the of the year in which it was made, and it it has not aged well. Dude, no, it's the got, fact that it's got listen, the robot's it, dumb. It has the, it has one of the best scenes in cinema history, is when Rocky is just digging down deep and gets in that fucking car and takes off and drives. There's no better scene around than when he's just fucking feeling blue. He just had to get in that fucking sports car and beat the shit out of it because you're angry because your best friend died. Oof. Close. Um close. It's like bad jingoism. It's just so bad. It's but Rocky so Three bad. Counterpoint, Rocky Three has Eye of the Tiger. It's got yep. the beach uh, running what? montage. Yes. Uh, and it's got the best villain. Oh, the montage. No, no, no. How about the, how about the, I'm running wild and free in the fucking USSR in the, why is he running? Why is he running? We're literally just replaying fucking logs of wood, but that's already what they did in rock. Yeah. It's just, it's just doing three again. It's dumb. It's four. It's four. It, it, right now the voting is, is you know what, Josh, you're right. It is. It's four, it's four, four, one are just killing it right now. It is the number four. Ugh. You, pe- you people need to watch four again. It has aged no, very poorly. I, I'm not denying it. I'm saying that four has the most memeability with, and it's got the quote. I think people it. just remember if he dies, he dies. And the, if he dies, know, he dies. I go, I mean like, yeah, I, I get throw it, the, throw the damn, damn towel. towel. Yeah, I get it. I, am, I get, it. I'm also pinning this to the top of the profile of, of James Twitter Brown. It's got uh, James Brown and Bridget yeah, Nielsen. I, like they're injecting with steroids as they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, but it's just so bad. It, it is over the top. Oh, it's just so good. God, it's just so good. I mean, I mean, and then five ruined four by making five. it like now he's poor again. That's, that's, yeah. And his son's ruined the it. worst. Fucking ruined it. It is. But four is. Four is absolutely the best. All right. I'm just ready. If if you love if you vote Rocky Four, you absolutely need to watch that film again. If this if this was the off season, I'd be like, let's let's do a game watch Rocky Four. (laughs) You know the thing is, Rocky Four. You what I did was I watched them all, all in a row. And so you actually get a really good sense of how bad Rocky Four is when you watch one, two, and three in a row. Right. It's that's just, true. That argument. That's, that's not true. Yeah. But I mean, that's just that's the way false. that movies go. Is as they progress, um, it just it has so many cultural touchstones that it it's part of the the zeitgeist, right? It's it's just ingrained in American society. Rocky Four is. Well, something that something that sticks out to me in Rocky Four as an adult 
at 444 right now. And correct me if I'm wrong, but why is Hugo Boss still a thing? Like, <laughs> did it, did it, like, no. Was it Hugo Boss the one that fucking outfitted the Nazis? Like, they had the fucking, they had the dopest fucking, like, they looked fucking, like, they came out of a fashion show. All the Nazi uniforms, I believe, were designed by Hugo Boss. How was Hugo Boss not canceled? How was Chanel not fucking canceled? She was a fucking Nazi. How I don't is know. That thing? Why is Mercedes-Benz still because allowed Brock, to make... Because and his... Because Apollo Creed's entire, entire quarter, when he fought Drago, they were all wearing the Hugo Boss sweatshirts. Which I remember watching at the time, I thought, man, those are some dope-ass sweatshirts. And now, as a, an adult that knows things, I'm like, man, why are why are these Nazis still celebrated to I this fucking day? That is because nuts. Germans make things. I mean, why why is Mercedes allowed to make cars? Right? True. I mean, I mean, Germans do make things. Germans make things, and Germans existed and, during the Nazi era. So like, of course, flag, like, right? true. Like right, but flag. I mean, yeah. but I mean, what about like uh, uh, oh, the bear? Bear was the one that was making the fucking gas for the concentration camps. They sure, they sure were. Nazi Germany was, <laughs> I mean, I, I, and Nazi Germany was IBM's second largest territory after the United States. I mean, uh, I mean, we did go to the, we did go to the moon. <laughs> we did go to the, the moon. Nazis, well, I didn't mean to go all Alex Jones. Uh, <laughs> Nazis no. living on the moon right now. I I read an article today. It was seven years old, but I read an article today where some guy was trying to hypothesize that Ace of Base was sending a secret Nazi pro Nazi messages through uh, songs like All, All That She Wants. Here's another baby. She's going tomorrow. Oh. I mean, if you if you spend like an hour on TikTok, you will find enough what's going on in Antarctica uh, videos to. For last your lifetime. Yeah. Just don't type any passwords in when you're on TikTok because the Chinese then have it. Then they have it. <laughs> and then they have they it. They do. Are we going to do some I picks? Mean, I don't know what they're going to do. I'm ready for some Listen, picks. I don't know what they're going to do with my passwords. Oh, my what God. Is, the number this is a college football is podcast. Now has 47% of the vote. Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. I feel like I've lost America. Or maybe this is what Trump has created. Just saying. <laughs> All right. That's about political talk. Let's do picks. What do you got, Brandon? All right. Let me pull up the old, the old doc sheet here. Um, well, Josh was perfect last week. Oh, oh baby. Uh, Say that one more time. Josh was perfect. Unlike the movie Rocky mm, Four, sexy time. Uh, he was four zero. You want to clip that out and send it to your wife, Josh? Uh, she would call you a fucking liar, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she knows better. But we're gonna open up with something that is perfect, beyond Josh, and that is the backyard brawl, the return of a college oh, football rivalry, gone too long. Hopefully someday Texas A&M and Texas can can figure out their squabbles. Well, I mean, the SEC is going to bring them back together. So we'll get that back, too. But uh, return to form. I don't think that they have played since the 
uh, dissolvement in 2011 of the ACC or the uh, Big East, right? So correct. It's a it's it's a battle of who's your favorite USC former quarterback? <laughs> USC former quarterbacks. Uh, Josh, which one is your favorite? Pitt is hosting West Virginia, seven and a half point favorite. Um, which USC quarterback do you think is going to win this football game? Is it the one coached by a USC uh, offensive coordinator, former offensive coordinator? <laughs> uh, is Matt Barkley a choice? <laughs> he is not. Listen, I there's it's got to be JT Daniels, right? Of the two. I just, I think he's probably more of the villain for Notre Dame fans because he's a huge reason why Amon Ross St. Brown went to USC instead of Notre Dame. Not like, Uh, not like, he's probably like 25%. I mean, which is a big chunk. It didn't help. It's a pretty Uh, big chunk. But then, you know, like, yeah, that's a huge chunk. (laughs) Then goes to Georgia, runs into a fucking brick wall down there. So he's at a certain stop. I like I like the will to be a great college football player and to go from Southern California high school football to USC to Georgia to West Virginia is a remarkable trek. And I think it says a lot about him that he he's a survivor. He's a fighter. I fucking I and I like that. So. If you want to know who my favorite quarterback of the two is, it's JT fucking Daniels. Do you see that who West Virginia? Be, who might have turned like 19 last week? I don't know. <laughs> Do you see that West Virginia put country roads all over their fucking uniform? That's fucking dope uniform, too. <laughs> it's got country <laughs> roads. All the country roads of West Virginia is on their uniform. Jude, Listen, I, I think you're not a believer. Um, I look more I, of a key. I, I, I fell in love with West Virginia. Virginia. in 2019. I'm not giving up on them now. So give me Pittsburgh and I will lay the points. What is it? Seven and a half. I'm going to lay seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Although Um, apparently betting against Joshua is is fraught with peril, at least as week zero games went. So he is so perfect. A huge part of me wants to pick West Virginia. Um, I might be, I might be singing country roads from today till till fucking, you know, Thursday night. I don't want to pick. I don't want to pick Narduzzi, but like Pitt's got the better defensive and offensive line. And then Keaton Slovis, uh, did he chase JT Daniels out of town, out of LA? So he's going to chase uh, West Virginia. Did he? Wasn't it Keaton there, Slovis? There's a chip on the, there, there's a, there's a chip yeah. on the shoulder. Cause JT got hurt, right? That was the deal. Yeah. Almost heaven. Oh no! Oh, great. West Virginia. Uh, we've we've unfortunately. Blue Ridge Mountain. Greg is uh, Shenandoah River. Life <laughs> uh, give is me, old give me pet. Older um, than the trees, younger than the mountains, growing <laughs> like a breeze. Country road. Take, Take home, home to the, the place. Place. Oh, oh, West Virginia. Oh, oh, oh. It's midnight. Wow. <laughs> 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 
You're going to hear a door bust, and it's going to be my wife, and she's absolutely going to fucking rock me. Uh, speaking of rocked, the only speaking spread uh, equal to the Notre Dame spread, Georgia, Oregon, 17-point favorite defending national champions. Yeah. It's Bo not Nitz's Oregon – Oregon's not coming across the country beat Georgia. Let's 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 be clear about that, right? And so now, now it's just hey, a question. That's what they said about Oregon last year. Is, not coming is across it, Columbus to beat. Is now it's just a question of is Georgia going to cover the spread? And I say, I believe in Georgia until they prove otherwise. So I'm going to lay the what is it? I got to lay seventeen. Seventeen points. I feel better about sixteen and a half, but okay, seventeen. Josh? I mean, Georgia is doing a little bit of a rebuild job defensively, but they're also yeah. doing it the Nick Saban way, which is plugging in elite players to go into the spots that your other elite players just left. Um, Georgia was so fucking good. They won a, a national championship with a goddamn walk on at quarterback in the era where there. we're like, you could only, you could only win a national championship with a, with a five-star elite quarterback, Georgia said, hold my beer. Uh, except they're probably in a dry county, so it was like, hold my shine and watch out for the cops. Give me, jo- give me Georgia. I don't think the point spread's enough. I think it's going to be like a uh, – it's going to be a slaughter. Uh, what if I told you that the score of this game was 31 to 17? I'd, I'd say, say that's Georgia, a little low. Oregon played a good game. Yeah. Uh, that's what I think it's going to be, because I don't think all, oh, Georgia offensively uh, is much to write home about. Um, Brock Bowers notwithstanding. Um, second best tight end in college football. According to Brian Kelly. According to Brian Kelly, who the best one plays for um, LSU. LSU now. And he's a freshman. He's the best he's freshman tight end yeah, he's, he's ever he's seen. He's the best, best freshman tight end. He's the best tight end he's ever seen. He's a freshman, yeah. Um, I mean, Brian Kelly is the greatest villain of all time. He is, he's doing a great job. He is the greatest villain of all time. He's doing a great job. I just don't think – I don't know. I think Oregon's shitty. And, I mean, Georgia's off defensive coordinator is now coaching in Oregon. Um, they got to make a trip out to Mercedes Benz. Um, but like Georgia, I just, they didn't blow out Clemson last year. I don't think that they're going to blow out Oregon this year. I think that they're probably going to win by like 14, 15 points. So I'll take Oregon to at least cover. They're not winning, but I, I think they'll cover 17 is a lot of points, even for a shitty Oregon team. Um, so, Josh, give me a ruling. Is Cincinnati still um, – are we still a Cincinnati-adjacent podcast, or has that relationship ended with the way that they behaved last year? Fuck that whore. Okay. <laughs> so Arkansas is hosting Cincinnati and is a six-point favorite. Anyone want to jump on this grenade? Yeah, I will. Arkansas covers. It'd be like a 13 point win. Look, I like Cincinnati. I like Luke. I like Luke Fickle. I like what that program is doing. Uh, but, but I also think Arkansas has been built up correctly this time. 
and is doing some pretty good things. And I don't think Cincinnati just does not backfill it. Look, you're not going to get Cincinnati doesn't have two NFL starting worthy corners on their defense. They don't like that just doesn't happen at a school of Cincinnati. It just they're not just backfilling with those guys with similar talent. And Arkansas is going to go out. They're gonna, I mean, they're going to rough them up. I think it's going to be a, at least a 13 point win for for the Hogs. So Luke Fickle's doing that annoying thing where he knows who the starting quarterback is, but he's being all cagey about it, which is incredible. It should lame. be Evan Prater, but maybe it's not. Yeah. It could be Brent Bryant too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm st- I still like, I still like the, I still like the Bearcats. Maybe I'm a year too late on this, but uh, uh, let's, let's take the Bearcats. I could be, uh, this could be a week one, uh, where I got to get my head straight about who the Bearcats are this season, but I'll, I like them for the, uh, I'll, I'll take the, what do I get? Six and a half? Six. Six. Okay. Well, I'd rather have six and a half, but six huh. it is. I, um, it just means it could be a push. Uh, I'm going to take Arkansas. I think Cincinnati lost. I mean, everyone was drafted on that Cincinnati roster. Arkansas has a returning starting quarterback, KJ Jefferson. Um, Cincinnati, if if Evan Prater separated himself, he would have been named the starter, and he didn't. So um, there's more known about Arkansas, so give me Arkansas as well. Here's a fun fact. Yeah. Arkansas has not lost a non-conference game in week one since playing USC in 2006. Oh, and that was, a, that was a, like an absolute bloodbath. They're 19 and three in season opening games since the year 2000. That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. They were uh, the COVID year. They were going to play Notre Dame game two, right? Yeah. Yeah. We were going to do man on the street that day, huh? Yeah, that was Arkansas game. Yeah. All right. Next one. Um, This is a tricky one, I think. Uh, So Utah is a team a lot of teams have picked to go to the college football playoff. Uh, I watched the the college football game day on week zero, and uh, Desmond Howard's pick notwithstanding. <laughs> oh, those, uh, <laughs> uh, do yourself a favor and Google Desmond Howard's pick for the college football playoff. It's good good times. Uh, but everybody kind of kind of slotted Utah in there, but they are traveling to Florida and um, they're a three point favorite on the road against Florida. Um, I'm just going to say it. I think Utah loses this football game. I think that the, the PAC 12 is, this is what the PAC 12 does is um, they just shit the bed when it comes to the college football playoff. And I think that their best team for the college football playoff is going to travel across the country to Florida and they're going to wilt in the, the, the hot sun. Um, Cameron Rising will be doing anything but. I, I have no disagreement there. I think Florida's going to handle the shit out of them. And I'm not a big believer in Florida. Uh, but Napier? I am a big believer in the swamp uh, <laughs> in early September. Being a tough place to play, uh, heat, humidity, um, and just—I mean, Florida has talent on that team. I think they're going to be able to. 
I, I, I have no faith in Utah or any Pac-12 school coming out to the south or to the east beginning of the season and showing out against a, uh, what is a good team. Not great or like that, but Florida is going to be good uh, depending upon your definition of good. So uh, I will take – I will take Florida all day long with, the, with, with those points. I think uh, Utah's statement that they're ready for the college football playoff starts down south. And I will lay the – what are we going to lay two and a half here? Three. Three? Three. I will lay the three. You, where are you getting these lines from? Because they're just – I hate these terrible lines. From the, the from the, the ESPNs. I need my hooks. Well, can – I think uh, contractually, Brendan, I'm only allowed to do DraftKings. <laughs> I don't right? want to get the axe like uh, 11 other SB Nation sites today. <laughs> well, that's where we put all of moving, our uh, – we put all the – Moving, all moving our, forward. Uh, home field money into DraftKings today, so I think we're good Mo- there. Moving, moving forward, we are a DraftKings line podcast. You got one more game for us? <laughs> uh, I got two more games. Um, yeah. The next one I had to include in on there because I think that we're going to have to – I think as a podcast we need to decide, are we going to put every Brian Kelly – are we going to be petty and put every Brian Kelly game on yes, here? Yes, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote against them every single time because I am that level of petty. Okay. Oh. Uh, I'm going to say – do you have a reason beyond fuck Brian Kelly for LSU uh, not covering? Well, when you have two quarterbacks, you have done it all, right? Brian Kelly aced this uh, 2016, so he's going to do it all over again, right? Nussmeyer and uh, whoever he ground he was grinding against in the video. <laughs> <laughs> Who? Did, which which kid was it that he was grinding on? Oh, it's it's hard to say. There were there were multiple. He didn't commit there. Yeah. No, Walker is that the kid he was grinding on? Walker which Howard, which yeah. which child was Brian yeah. Kelly grinding on? I can't. Well, I can't it, was a, recall. it was a few of them, but but the yeah. uh, the quarterback was Walker Howard. Yeah, Walker Howard. There it is. That was the one he was. There was a, the, G- the G- I think G- the Daniels one that went viral though was. Yeah, I think the one that went viral was a guy that committed elsewhere. I mean, technically, aren't they all viral? All of his grinding videos. <laughs> Crying on me. So he's got. He's. It's. This is. This is the Zaire Kaiser thing all over again. One guy is strength is uh is running. The other guy's strength is throwing. Um, he knows who the starter is. He knows who it is. Yes. And he wants. But to, both could get into the game. But he wants. Yeah. And he wants to keep. He wants to keep the backup engaged. So he's doing this thing again. Give me FSU and the three and a half. Do I get three and a half? You have three. Fuck. You'll like it. No, I do. I do not. I'm taking Florida State as well. Because um, I, I think there's more knowns to Florida State, and I think that this L, I think that this this season for LSU is just going to be off the rails. And I personally can't wait to, like, if I'm Carter Carls, I can't wait to get into that uh, <laughs> like, press box. By the way, was that you that I saw eating dinner at the Cracker Barrel? Josh, you guys are gonna like you guys are gonna like this. I know. 
booped. But give me LSU. Okay. It's okay. I need I need to get I need to gain some ground on you. So that's perfect. If, I've I've I fully believe that Brian Kelly is on a villain trajectory for Notre Dame fans, unmatched, unmatched by anyone, not just by Notre Dame coaches, or unmatched. Jimmy Johnson won't even come close to what's Appreciate going on over the next few years. And the way for fucking villains to be villains is that things got to go well for them and not well for you. So I think that's what I, I have no faith. I've seen Florida State. Florida State's trash. They're just, they've been a trash program. It was a Norvell still has not proven anything as a hire. They lost to fucking Jacksonville State last year. Brian Kelly can at least is a game day coach. And, and I think they can go go and take care of business. It's, a, are they it's playing in this, the Super Bowl, right? Are they playing this game at night, Josh? Um, I. I don't know if it's night, day, or I, I are they, thought it was are they the playing? Bowl, are they right? playing this game at night? I, I believe. I believe it's Sunday at night. Sunday night is when they're playing it. So, oh, yeah, it so let, let me just Sunday get this night. straight. You're taking Brian Kelly in a night game. Uh, in the in points. Okay, all right, I'm just writing. All right, all right that's cool. When, when's, when's the when's the last time Brian Kelly lost on a Sunday? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was there. <laughs> on a Sunday? Yeah, they played Texas in two thousand six. They played Texas on a Sunday. Yeah. Okay. Different Brian Kelly. Um. God, I forget that game was on a fucking Sunday. That joke did not hit. God damn it. <laughs> no, I did, I just think Florida State's a fucking trash program at this point, and it's just. I mean, you could it could be Syracuse play a Florida state in fucking Seattle and I would take Syracuse. So. Okay. That's where, that's where I'm at. So let's get to the game of the week here. Ohio state 17 point home favorites against our fighting Irish in Notre Dame. The the only thing that bothers me is I can't remember exactly what my game score prediction was from what we just did this podcast what a week ago less than a week ago. Having said that, it's like this game feels like thirty one twenty to me. So you got another name to cover? Another name absolutely to cover. And I, I, mean, I wish I wish I I mean I'm just trying to talk myself into the win here, but I'll give I'll, I'll give Ohio State the respect it deserves uh, until they prove otherwise, and I'm hoping that come Saturday they prove otherwise. And then, oh gosh, it will be so insufferable how much how big our dreams get after beating Ohio State. Jude, are are you ready to 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 have a boner? Uh, yeah. Are you sitting down? I Is there am anything sitting down. over your lap at this moment? Is there anything uh, over your lap? Just just my hand, but I can move it. How 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 many picks did I get wrong last week in week zero? Uh, zero. Zero. Yeah. Zero. 
I am perfect. I am perfect. Your emperor, supreme warlord, and defender of the faith is perfect. Notre Dame wins this fucking ballgame, 41-17. Wow. Look at you, Kurt Henning, Mr. Perfect. 41-17. 41-17. Tell me how this 40 tell me how 41 to 17 happens. I need yeah. you to break me down how 41 to 17 CJ happens. CJ Stroud Josh, it just drafts down. I'm ready. Plummeted. I am I'm <clears throat> I'm I'm fully ready to go. How does 41-7 look? Well, add in a special teams touchdown. Add in a defensive touchdown. That's 14. So if it's tw- if I say 27-17 and then add those two in. This is kind of kind of like how the Wisconsin game got out of hand, right? <clears throat> yes, in a way. I mean, that's I, the exact way that the Wisconsin game what, got out of what, hand. Did I not predict? Did I not predict opening game kickoff touchdown return for Chris Tyree? Uh, when, we, when we did our, our, our prop bets, did I not say? Uh, yeah, you actually did. Yes. So you go up 7 nothing, right off the fucking jump. Because, because even though Marcus Freeman talks about deferred, we're going to win the coin toss, and he's going to still elect to receive. And it's going to piss everybody off. We're going to get the kickoff, return it for six. We're up 7 nothing. Ohio State's already going to feel pressed just off of that. They're going to make mistakes. Players are human. This, they, let's say no fucking NFL team. They're going to make mistakes. They're lying as shit. Isaiah Fossey is going to fucking eat somebody for fucking lunch. <laughs> Jason Abiola is the baddest motherfucker alive. He's going to eat someone for fucking lunch and dinner. That's just how it's going to happen. That's how it's going to fucking happen. 41-17. If it was 41-17, because, I mean, it would almost be like that that Sparty game in, what, 2017, Spartan? The Sparty game in 2017? Was that it? Yeah. You talking about the game in, in uh, East Lansing? In East Lansing, yeah. Yeah. Julian Love. Almost six. Yeah. Six. six star Julian Love. Six star, seven star, Captain Julian Love. Oh, Captain, my Captain. He's a fifty-seven star. Um, someone think their name thirty-one twenty-seven. Uh, I think Ohio State's going to get theirs through the air. Um, but I think their name's going to be able to keep them between the twenties. I think Ohio State's going to kick two field goals. Uh, when otherwise they and Notre Dame's going to kick one, and that that difference in the game is that Notre Dame cashes in on a touchdown as opposed to to Ohio State getting that field goal. I think that um, Notre Dame's running backs are able to run for 200 plus. I think that um, it's going to be a coming out party for for Tyler Buckner. I think that Notre Dame's going to do all the things that they need to do to be able to win this football game. I think they're going to be able to. Um, force Ohio State to allow third downs. I think they're, they're going to be able to run the football. I think that they're going to be able to keep Ohio State from hitting on those splash plays. But I think that for Notre Dame to win this football game, it needs to be Tyler Buckner as the one who announces himself 
to the world of college football that I'm here and I'm ready to to dominate. I think he needs to be a force both in the passing game and in the running game because I think that his ability to run opens up everybody else's ability to run. And I think that everybody else's ability to run opens up his ability to pass. And I think that he's got weapons like Zoe Styles and um, you know Michael Mayer and um, Brayden Lindsey and uh, Chris Tyree in the passing game. Um, Jane Thomas. I just, I just, foresee Notre Dame keeping this game close and making the adjustments in the second half that Ohio State with new defensive coordinator aren't able to make and, and Notre Dame is able to to pull it off and Tyler Buckner kind of cements his legacy and starts his kind of march to to Heisman hype. Maybe he wins it, maybe he doesn't, but he's going to be in the discussion after he wins this game. That's detailed. That's how we do. Mm-hmm. September, September Heisman, huh? That's how we, yeah, it's a, it's a, well, I didn't say September Heisman, but I said that he's going to put his name out there. I mean, if you're the starting quarterback in Notre Dame and you beat Ohio State, he needs to keep the turnover slate clean. And if you keep the turnover slate clean and you beat Ohio State, you're instantly in the Heisman discussion. I mean, Bryce Love still exists. Will Anderson still exists. Uh, by no means does that does that give him any September Heisman, but uh, he'll put himself in the the mix. Especially if Notre Dame's roll one to like a ten and zero start. That name's even mentioned. Oh yeah, if they if they're undefeated going into that Clemson game, um, yeah, for sure. But. Uh, yeah, I'm. If Notre Dame is going to win so, this game, he needs to be clutch. So I kind of feel like like there's mixed signals about Notre Dame's running backs right now. Who do you guys think gets the most care, actual carries, running back carries on Saturday? SMA, because I think that that's going to be what they want him to do more so than they want uh, Tyree to do. I think Tyree might have more snaps overall. He's going to catch some passage. I think Estime is going to get more touch. Like if it's third and three, who are you giving the football? I mean, it, I don't know, man. I I've started to uh, to climb down that that ladder a little bit, and and looking at Tyree as like a guy as more of the man this year than I thought was going to happen. The weight that he's put on. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. Like has nothing, really nothing to do with SMA or Diggs. Although Diggs, I still think, I mean, that's just like a disaster waiting to happen. I know that he's ready. They say he's ready to go and he's got contact and all that, but as fast as that injury healed, that's, it still gives me pause to think that that isn't susceptible to get hurt again, but I don't know, man. I just, I got this, I got a funny feeling about Chris Tyree, uh, and in this game and we could use it. I'm not going to say, I mean, you have more in the first play from script from, from the game, right? True. I mean, I mean, Tyler Buckner's Heisman competition isn't Will Anderson. It's Chris Tyree. 
Uh, it could be Chris Tyree <laughs> coming out of this game. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I'm just, I was just curious what everyone thinks honestly about, about that. Cause I've been kind of torn about, about how they're going to go about the running back rotation and who, and who's going to be doing what. Um, I mean, it would not sadden me to see a lot fed to SMA and that very well may be what happens. Um, and you, I don't know. I mean, Tommy I mean, Reese is a good play caller, and I think you think the mix is going to be. I think he's going to do a pretty well, pretty good job of, of play calling. Period. But I am. I, if I had it, my questions about Tommy Reese or about Notre Dame's offense, honestly, over the year, over the last couple of years, has been more personnel than anything else. Just like you know, not seeing Tyler Buckner, you know, in the Fiesta Bowl, you know, things of you know, at all, things of that nature. Which Marcus said that he would not redo if he had the opportunity. Yeah, no. Well, he's a liar. Uh, speaking of lying, <laughs> where's uh, Joe Wilkins on the depth chart? He's backing up Lindsay. He's backing up Lindsay. Yeah. Okay. Do we expect to see Joe Wilkins on the field? Yes. Yes. What do you think, Brendan? Uh, <laughs> it's a lot like um. Uh, Diggs being on the depth chart and existing in sort of an or situation as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or Jarrett Patterson, the name that we have not, I'm not sure if you even mentioned. Well, Jarrett Patterson player. is going to get a cortisone <clears throat> shot and be playing. Uh, there or is two zero doubt or two or three. Uh, he'll get definitely one before the game and one at half. Uh, there is a zero. It's basically like Jarrett, we don't, we don't need you for the next two weeks. So <laughs> you, unless this leg falls off. Yeah, there's a 0% chance that Jared Patterson doesn't give this thing a go. Barring like a setback, right, during practice this week where he gets hurt during practice, but I wouldn't even practice him. I would just I mean, be just like, having having a similar injury going on right now with myself and the pain I went through today of physical therapy, I think, I don't know, I think Patterson could take it. Yeah, I think you take it. Yeah, for sure. Listen, I mean, you were if a forty-year-old like man. The biggest, the biggest pain these things is is ju- is like jumping, and long strides, and like and cutting and shit like that. Now you are driving your feet and all that as alignment, but it is a totally different feel and function with that pain shooting up in that in those areas. So you didn't even have a quarter zone shot. No, I'm hardcore. You're OG hardcore. Yeah, this is zero. Nope, uh, my doctor, my doctor told me if I, if I, this is what's funny. My doctor told me not to get any of the shots because she said that it would just absolutely shred my Achilles. What's the first thing my physical therapist asked me on my first appointment? Do you want me to give you some shots for that? I'm like, what the fuck? And my doctor was like adamant, like tell them you do not want any shots. Your Achilles will will explode. Like, all right. The first thing PT guy, you want the shots? No, dude. She said it by Achilles will explode. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yikes. What? Yikes. <laughs> so, all right. So, Notre Dame's going to go 1 0. That's fucking awesome. It is awesome. Very excited. No, today we didn't mention Riley Mills. 
Which is a damn shame because party, I though. think that Riley Mills is going to have – well, we didn't get enough in there because I think that Riley Mills is going to have a huge impact because um, Isaiah Foskey is going to be massed up against – uh, yeah. yeah, Paris Johnson Jr. But I also think Adam Yola is going to have a huge game because Ohio State, if they can, if they can stop Ohio State in third down situations, because you know one of the big things for Ohio State and the games that they struggled in last year, they didn't score thirty points in three games last year, and those three games were the Nebraska game, which they had nineteen third down attempts. The Oregon game, which they had 15 third down attempts in the Michigan game, which they had 18 third down attempts. And those three games represent the three most third down attempts that Ohio State had all season. So the key to the game is putting Ohio State in third downs and then stopping them on those third downs is the difference. And they had problems running the ball inside on third down, which is why they sacked their previous quarterback and they're bringing or uh, offensive line coach and are bringing in Justin Fry. So Adam Miola, if he's able to, to stop Travion Henderson from getting inside yards and they're able to keep Ohio state from converting on those third downs. I mean, that's such a huge thing. So, um, Riley, well, and I think you're well. going to see, a, I mean, I think you're going to see a lot of, um, of Mills, inside in this game it probably you know i th- think you'll probably see a lot of both admiola's mills and foskey out there at the same time just just uh my opinion there i but i you know they, it's already been said before that mills will move will move around you know from out from strong side and and shade down down to a three and Which is where he's, he's be, played you know, there before so it's not like yeah, it's not a and I mean, and look, you're going to be playing probably a lot more nickel than you know than you will for other games. I, I just you're going to have that. Now look, how much is it? Notre Dame is going to rotate in eight plus. I mean, literally, they like that is built in the game plan. That is built in the sauce of eight plus um, defensive linemen coming in coming in. So you're going to you're going to see Nana Safamensa. You're going to see Alexander Aaronsberger. You're going to see you know. Howard Cross, Jacob Lacey, um, you, you see all these guys come in, and, you know, Jordan Botello, you see these guys rotate in all throughout the game. So I'm pretty confident in Notre Dame's defensive line, uh, but I did want to give a special shout out to Riley Mills. I think he is going to, he's going to absolutely shine. I think this is going to be a coming out party for him in the sense that he's going to impact the game because of what he's doing on that line. Stat wise, it's, Defensive linemen, it's always hard to tell, but defensive linemen don't need stats to make an absolute impact on a football game. <clears throat> They're bad motherfuckers, right? They are bad motherfuckers. Just ask Jason. He'll tell you. He'll tell you. All right. He won't lie. All right. So, no names want to know. Can't wait. I can't wait. We've, uh, we've already committed to if Notre Dame wins, we're going to do a podcast right after the game. Right. I well, to that. Jude, do you have an objection? Uh, I will be at a wedding. So. Oh well, the, my, this is the first. Whoa. Whoa. whoa, you, whoa, whoa. You I knew you were going to be in a wedding in Florida. I knew it was yes. a destination wedding. I did not. How know. did I not know this? Okay. Cause it just happened. Literally, um, got announced. 
Brendan, when, when did we talk about this? A week ago? A week ago, yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't know it was going to interrupt your ability to be on this on the podcast. Well, let's put it this way. I don't know what time the wedding is, so I don't know that it's going to interrupt my ability to uh, to be on the you podcast. Will, you will be on the podcast. I will – even if I have to walk out of my hotel room and find a quiet space in the hotel, I will be there to celebrate with you all. And we'll get Greg, well, damn it. Yeah, this, this changes everything. Yeah. But this changes everything because I was about to make you guys commit to a to an immediate post game podcast, win or lose. Oh, I'll be in my feelings. That's a different if we lose. I was gonna say I and I'm not gonna be a good person to be around. <laughs> but but just, I will say that the first podcast I ever did with Josh, pod. the first podcast I ever did with Josh was after the 2019 Michigan game. And I was yes, in my was. feelings in that one. <laughs> yes, it was. But it wasn't right after the game, though. Oh, it was. Yeah. It was. I thought it was right after. Was it? Was it? Oh yeah. Oh, that was. It, was. it was. It was. Why did we do that oh. to ourselves? Was I there? No, you were not. You, you and I way. did the the pregame, and Josh yeah, yeah, was like, okay, yeah, "Let's you, do this post game." Sometimes you just gotta right get it out of the way. Yeah. And then yeah, we slammed our dicks in that. Oofta. <laughs> we'll talk about it. We'll discuss. But we're we're expecting a win anyways, so. Yeah, no Victory pod. By the way, my house is full security, so and there's lots of people with guns that I've left here. So, <laughs> Greg, please, Greg, Greg is sitting in your house with I, all of his guns. The, the truth of the matter is, no one's coming to the North Country to rob anybody of anything. You know, it's just it's not just just too hard to get to. It's just too hard to get to. So, too much snow. We this were time of year. Too much snow. <laughs> that is probably gonna that is probably gonna start up here pretty soon, isn't it? Snow like, school delays on September sixteenth. We, we just had first day of school today. I don't want to hear about school delays. Oh man! All right, well, let's wrap this bad boy up. Jude, what do you got left in the tank? Okay, Miles Boykin made the fifty-three man roster for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Alzay Mack got cut by the Packers. Tyler Newsom worked out for the Bills yesterday after the whole Ariza thing. Azira? What was his name? Ariza, right? Ariza punk guy. Jameer Jones made the Jags 53-man roster. Uh, Jalen Elliott was waived by the Patriots. Chris Finke was cut by the Bears, but is expected to be put on the practice squad. Tony Jones Jr. made the Saints uh, 53-man. Aloe Gilman's on the Chargers 53-man. Khalid Kareem is on the Bengals 53-man, but headed the injured reserve. Troy Pride Jr. was waived by the Panthers because uh, he failed a physical back in May. I missed that news. Julian Cora was on the Lions oh, 53-man. Yeah. Chase Claypool's on the Steelers 53-man. And Cole Komet is on the Bears 53-man. And I think now, I feel like I've got everybody. Did I miss somebody? If I miss somebody, let me know who I missed. and we'll, well, you, we'll for, I don't we'll think you mentioned Wu. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. But uh, There's no reason I did to find on the Browns 53-man, right? I did find it comical that uh, uh, when Field, Fields got a little bit of a late hit and you had uh, both Mustafer and Komet coming in to defend Fields. Yeah. In the in the mix of it all was was Wu. Like I swear to from the video I saw, it looked like, <laughs> looked like Komet was fucking talking shit to Wu. Go back and watch that video. Look where I if you can see it from where Wu was at and 
where Komet was like really oh, like certain job uh, walked got, towards. I think he got picked up in the wash. I think he was just standing there, right? And then all of a sudden, this dude comes in and just starts starting. Yeah, shit, he, right. He, I mean, Wu. I don't think Wu did it. I think he stood up and. No, was, I think I think he's standing there, right? And the, I'm I'm watching the play now. I think if if okay. it, if it's this guy, okay. So field slides. Yeah, Wusakormo has got his hands up, and now he's just. He's getting pushed around, and Wu's like, uh, uh, what? <laughs> He's just sort of getting <laughs> bumped around, but he had nothing to do with it. So he, he just stood okay. over Fields because he wasn't the one who got hit. He wasn't the one doing the hit. So, But Sam Mustafer, you're absolutely right. He's itching for a fight. Do not hit my QB like that. Nothing makes me happier than to know that Sam Mustafer is still playing in the NFL. Yeah, I would. That cool. sads me about Alex Bars uh, yeah. a little bit getting cut by the by the Raiders. Yeah, they ought to just let Sam Mustafer play year round inside of a uh, hurricane so Brian Kelly can yell at him. Oh no! <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> it's been half a decade. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it really has. It's it been really over has. half a decade. It's been six, yeah, it's been years, six fucking man. years. Oh, it's like yesterday watching that. Yeah. The rant I went on after that game. Oh, my God. Uh, Brendan, my friend, what do you have left in the tank? Oh, man, I got nothing left in the tank. I am excited for, I mean, obviously, you can tell, if you can't tell. Um, I am excited for the season to start. I'm excited for this game to get here. Um, I'm I'm just excited for Thursday to get here, to be honest. I want the backyard brawl. Yeah. Like, yeah. Last week was fine. It was fine. I watched all of the Northwestern um, uh, Nebraska game, and then I caught bits and pieces of the other uh, the other games just in passing uh, when the kids would let me switch off from 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 Disney XD and Disney Junior. Um, but it's starting this Thursday, straight on through the weekend. The TV does not leave the principal networks that are showing college football. Um, the weekend begins in earnest now, and I absolutely cannot wait um, to have this take over my life for the next four months. So I'm excited for you all to, to, to join us on our, on this, this wacky wild adventure that we're about to go under. Um, I think it's going to be one for the ages uh, one way or the other. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Oh, fucking yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be wild. Uh, I mean, and away we go. Uh, right. Um, I do want to remind everybody to, uh, to get over to Apple podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. I had no reviews tonight, uh, but y'all need to do that. Get over there, leave a rating, leave a review, any review that we leave, that you leave, we will read on the next OFT podcast, and and uh, I'll just say it for Brendan. We're looking for those Julian Love earned six star uh, reviews. You can Captain. just make it a five and 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 talk about another star in the uh, in the review if you like. Captain um, Julian, we are going to be we're almost like back on normal season schedule posting on the site. Um, we've had we've had some guys from last year. Uh, head elsewhere. We've got some new guys coming in. Uh, I did a poor job of <laughs> planning in August. 
but it's typical me uh, on a whim and it's all going to work one way or another. Um, so, but the posting schedule might be a little strange to, on the jump. Um, just my personal life isn't deep or anything. Just, I got a, a whole different schedule going on with, uh, uh, wife and kids, uh, volleyball, and boys, football and all that going on. So, uh, I'm trying to piece that all together. So just bear with me a little bit. If things are a few hours late, I'll still have something funny or stupid to say about something. Uh, but should be, should be on top of most things. Um, <clears throat> But get over to the site and be a part of this community before they fucking fire us. If you don't like SB Nation or Vox, that's fine. I, I'm not going to talk you into, into that, but you like us, right? Uh, so, uh, look, it's the season. Everyone's got an opinion. Uh, and if something goes up that we haven't got to yet or whatnot, there are fan posts and fan shots spots over there that you as the reader and listeners can be involved in. Uh, shoot your shot, man. Put put down your thoughts uh, in, in digital type and let's have some fun with it. You know, there's a lot of good conversations going on over there. Um, but join us. This is I mean, we're about to embark on a, on a pretty. Uh, a pretty fun journey, we think, uh, even if it's terrible. Uh, at least we have each other, right? <laughs> even, even, if the, even if the wheels fall off. We did uh, it in 2016. We, we could do it again. We Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I can't live the 2016 tune. Uh, but, uh, but hey, I didn't, I didn't start a new – I didn't go and do a new site somewhere, right? So, we, so they, they can't happen. 07 and 16 are the, are the, uh, right. are the uh, quantum leap. Are the quite leap points, yeah. So we should be good to go. So that's it for me. Be involved. Get over there, comment, fan post, fan uh, fan shots uh, on Twitter at One Foot Down. You obviously know that. If you don't want to go to Facebook, I don't blame you. Uh, that hell site should be blown up. Uh, but <laughs> still on the TikTok, still on the TikTok, and uh, on the gram. So like if, wherever you're getting your fix at, um, and just a reminder too that. Just because an Instagram account has like 30,000 followers doesn't mean they're not stealing everything that they know, uh, <laughs> like absolutely everything. Uh, and I would not trust them to fucking light a match. So just, just a little heads up for me to you. And that's it, guys. It's fucking game. Next time we talk to you, we're going to be celebrating a 41-17 victory. Uh, and going to be at a wedding. consumed many drinks at a wedding. Oh God! I can't imagine how drunk you will be. That, that's good. That's gonna be choice when, right there. When Uptown drunk. Funk comes on, <laughs> it never my, does. My tie around my head, my forehead. Oh, I'll be giving so it to cool. you. I'll be screaming Michelle Pfeiffer, not even at the part where he says Michelle Pfeiffer. Just the whole song, so, just like Michelle Pfeiffer. Jude, Jude, I gotta, I gotta ask this: Is it a Catholic wedding? No. I believe it's gonna. So you, first of all, destination you, wedding. Uh, so the one thing I haven't disclosed to you is that. Well, uh, I mean, you give me destination. You go. There's Catholic churches everywhere, Brendan. Uh, you do not the, have a destination wedding if it's a Catholic Joshua. You have it with your. You, priest you certainly can. Your parish. No, you don't. Get out of first, here. So, first yeah, of all, you certainly can. I, slow down, everyone. Slow down. You um, certainly can. This is in a backyard of a friend's house, so we're not. I don't think we're getting crazy here, but. The big news that I buried 
just like I buried the uh, Kevin Austin Jr. news, is that my <laughs> son, my eldest son, who's nine years old, got picked to be best man. And I have no idea how that happened. Because he's awesome. And my first question was, Grady, what are you doing for the bachelor party? Because I, I want in. <laughs> Laser tag. And then he mentioned chocolate milk and I don't know, we got distracted. So <laughs> if it's not laser tag, what are you doing? What are you even I, doing? I, I don't even understand. So I, I asked him if he's ready to give a speech. He looked very freaked out by that. I said, I, I've never been to a wedding where the best man didn't have a speech ready to go, locked and loaded. So, oh, luck, you have it? No. You haven't you? been to a wedding where the, where the best man just like drunkenly stumbled back up to the oh, microphone no, while the, okay. right, while the bride's bad. eyes rolled out of her fucking head. My, my bad. He I did go to a wedding. Stuttered a little bit. I did go to a wedding where it was like, I thought, the, I thought the best man and the, and the groom were going to get married uh, right after the bride and groom got married because he was, <sighs> there was a lot of, there was a lot of talk about these fishing trips that they went on. So he didn't say, <laughs> I can't quit you Enos, but uh, it got close. I think so. I've come close. to find that the best speeches at weddings typically are for have been from the the cool dad of yeah. the bride. Like like not like 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 he let him get away with shit. like just like the the dad that's like the cool guy. You go have some drinks with him, shoot the shit, blah blah blah. It's generally the dads have the best ones. And they're pretty touching and they're pretty funny. Like if they're ready to cut loose, those are I've found those have been the best speeches. I think best man speeches and the the the, the maid of honor speeches are the absolute fucking worst. Maybe maybe that's my my malehood speaking, but the maid of honor speeches are just fucking terrible. They can barely speak. They're crying. Anyways, all I was asking Jude is if you were going to go to mass on. On Saturday or or Sunday, or just gonna just gonna have to skip that week. Uh I guess special so, dispensation so, from the uh, from the local bishop. Yeah, because somehow said, Saturday, said, and I think about I'm gonna crawl the rules in. Do not apply. Uh, in your Pensacola, so I, I kind of I kind of missed uh, the COVID rules. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you didn't quite feel as guilty. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that's it for us man we're fucking excited let's get this season going let's get everything rolling if i've been telling you before we love you fucking love you let's go to war let's do this thing for brendan for jude for everybody over at one foot down thanks for listening and as always go irish <laughs>